You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. everyone it's friday night and it's time for the season finale of time for chaos that's right you heard it the season finale i said we're gonna do it in 20 it's episode 20 and we finished last week i stayed up for hours just staring at what i thought the rest of this particular arc of our story was and i'm like you know what next week let's just play till we finish it so this might be a two-hour up might be a 90-minute app. It might be a three-hour app. I don't know. But we end this chapter tonight. Uh, I wasn't going to drink at all. And then when I showed up in the uh, video call, everyone else was drinking. So I, uh, <laughs> I grabbed a bottle of Talisker 10 that I've had uh, for over two years because I just never drink scotch. Because everybody's drinking. Nora was like, oh, yeah, I've got a, a gallon of scotch next to me. What are you drinking, Nora? <laughs> I got a Lagavulin 16. Ooh. Ooh. 16, trying to show me up. Smoky. Oh, I just poured way too much. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah, know what I was I thinking. Went. I really mm. went four fingers. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Chat, pour one out for our characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you drinking there, Rob? This is a Woodford Reserve. Uh, Ooh. I think it's a Trader Joe's special uh, bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's delicious. Uh, American bourbon. Uh, Ross, do you have a, uh, a, a grasshopper or something creamy? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, no, I, I wish I wish I had a big old uh, white Russian next to me, but no, I, I'm just sipping on pure spring water. Mm. You're doing it the right way. Um, mm. What about uh, if we, uh, Kate? You should be drinking champagne because is it true that you closed on a house today? Yeah, like Woo! I drove back here, went and got a box of wine, which I am drinking. I also have box champagne, but I feel like that's not. We don't know how long this is going to go, and champagne, Kate, is no fun. (laughs) Save the champagne for the end of the ep. Uh, We don't know how celebratory the episode's going to be. Yeah. (laughs) She'll get a headache. That's great. Box wine is really, we're all at different levels here, and that's what's nice. Um, It's early, and I really, really regret that pour. How is everybody feeling? Did you enjoy uh, season one of Time for Chaos? Yeah. It's been a blast. Getting yeah. to meet everybody has been super cool. That's probably the best part. Yeah. Chilling with you guys. The mm-hmm. friends you made along the way. Yeah. Right. That's the real story. Yeah. Playing uh, a system that I was completely unfamiliar with. Uh, super cool and different. Really into it. The character dynamics have been my favorite. Yeah. They've, they've really Love grown. How the team came together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the beauty of doing the prologue, the Peru prologue, is it gives a chance for the, you know, the investigators not only to get to know Jackson Elias so that his death uh, has more meaning, but to uh, get to know each other. And now these bonds, you've been through, tra- you've like trauma bonded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ross, you've done a decent amount of Call of Cthulhu uh, before this, but uh, how are you enjoying a more long long-form campaign? Oh, man, I love it. I love just like... 
the slow burn spiral into into the uh, you know the dark gulfs between the stars. Uh, I'm I'm stoked to see how how we continue to to fall down the rabbit hole. Um, and I'm, I'm and and I love all these characters, and I know how brutal and and uh, ruthless this system is, and it's and it and it actually. I'm I'm pre-mourning what may happen to <laughs> to one or all of these dear dear folks over the course of this evening. Yeah, it's tough. It is such an unforgiving system, and that's why a lot of people. I was saying that before we went live. Why a lot of people choose to use pulp rules because the characters are a little more uh, a little more durable, a little more sticky, a little more superhero esque. Um, we certainly play. Uh, uh, I think we kind of go back and forth uh, thematically. We sometimes get a little pulpy uh, in the way we over dramatize things, but we're playing the straight non pulp rules, and uh, luckily everyone survived so far. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you just feel like everything's been building towards tonight. Uh, Nora, I know you've played a lot of Call of Duty, maybe logged the most of any of us. Um, uh, are you enjoying the campaign so far? I love it. Like the, the only time I've ever played, you know, a Call of Cthulhu run longer than like three, four episodes was also the one that you ran. Um, oh yeah. The, uh, that we did that. We ran that for 10. That was five, five two-hour episodes. Felt yeah, like ten, so right? That, yeah. I mean, that felt like the longest because usually they've just been like one shots or like one or mm-hmm. two games. So it's been really nice to like really sink your teeth into like a a, a proper campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Kate, we've been uh, I've been wanting to get you on something forever, and finally we got you on something with the, some legs because uh, you were on all these three episode things. Are you enjoying doing something a little longer? Oh yeah, like playing new games all the time was really fun, but like once you get the hang of it, you're, it's over. And not that I feel like I'm getting the hang of this, or like maybe <laughs> my character is, because what's cool about this is in the beginning, I mean like any other RPG, you're doing your investigating phase, and you don't really know what's going on. Then, then when you start to get it, at least in Peru and America so far, it doesn't matter. It's like all still too much and too chaotic, and like you go, will never feel like you have control at all over the situation. And that's fun. And I mean, I'm attached to all the characters, but like, I'm ready for some shit to happen. I want to see like crazy stuff. I want like more characters to come in or one person to live forever and just become really mythos out. (laughs) Yeah. I want crazy stuff to happen. Rainbow snake God. Yeah. That status. That is the beauty of surviving long into a campaign like this. Your character, it's it's unlike, you know, a D&D or Pathfinder, where all of a sudden you're like, you got 800 hit points. No, your hit points kind of stay right around the same time, but you start to unlock magic and you start to unlock, uh, you know, abilities that allow you to contend with these cosmic cars, whereas now you're just kind of these squishy humans. Um, but you and- never become a superhero. Like no. even when you learn that, it's like you're giving something else away. The power so comes that's cool. at a price, unless yeah. you make a pact with a god, which is always on the table. Hmm. Um, I do that now. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite parts, uh, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this in the first place, was really to get to learn Call of Cthulhu because you can only read these books so much. You got to dig in. You got to start playing. You got to make mistakes. And 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 we're still learning. Uh, right before we went uh, live, I uh, I hopped on a private channel with Michael and Michael. Michael, by the way, has been uh, so wildly helpful uh, throughout all of this. He's been on stream with us uh, since the beginning. He sends no 
notes to me after every session, notes for the players. Uh, so a big shout out to Michael behind the yeah. scenes. He's so helpful. I jumped in to ask him the most basic question about Call of Cthulhu combat rules because I just totally forgot. Um, but it, it has been nice to really uh, stretch our legs and learn what I think is just an elegant, beautiful system that allows you to kind of do whatever you want, but still has that crunch that people like uh, that strive for in you know your more traditional D20 games. Um, also, big shout out to Harry. Harry was uh, our producer for for most of the most of the run, but uh, his internet wasn't great, so we had to be like, "Sorry, Harry, uh, we gotta we gotta move on." But Harry did a, a lot, and Grant helped him a, a ton making those first few episodes shine, the first dozen or so. Uh, and Ian uh, stepped up and did a couple, but the last few, our good buddy Joe O'Brien has been behind the scenes producing these. Uh, that's what Joe does: tireless, uh, tireless efforts to make sure uh, the network runs. And so, big shout out to. Joe as well. Um, tonight has a feeling of finality, but at the end, this is really just the beginning because uh, there is so much more to this story. So should you survive? Should you die? Should you go insane? Should something even worse happen? This is just the beginning of the adventure. Um, so I'm going to dive right in because uh, like I said, I don't know how long it's going to go and I am just, I'm chomping at the bit. I have not been able to stop thinking about uh, tonight's episode ever since we finished the last. And I think the best way to start is with a true recap of what has happened thus far since you came to America. Um, what a season it's been. I, I, I had in my head 20 episodes, and here we are at 20. Uh, we'll see. And if in a few hours, I'm like, wow, we still got a lot to go. Uh, we'll go 21, but I really think we can do this. Uh, and, and this part of our adventure all began with a simple telegram from your good friend, Jackson Elias, who you met uh, four years ago while going on a, a strange expedition in Peru um, where you faced these uh, Vampires known as uh, Kariseri, these face-sucking vampires known as uh, Kariseri, and all these remnants of a lost cult that began uh, when the conquistadors came over. Jackson called all of you uh, to New York urgently to meet with him because he claimed to have new information uh, new information on the infamous Carlisle expedition. Everyone's heard of the Carlisle expedition. Uh, millionaire playboy. Roger Carlyle left New York to head on a, a similar uh, mysterious expedition to Egypt. That was the plan. That was what was in the public eye. He was going to Egypt. Man, they said maybe he's looking for biblical treasures. It wasn't quite clear what he was looking for. They were never very forthcoming, but he had a lot of money. He had the Carlyle name, and he wanted to do that. He traveled there with his uh, friend, uh, Jack Brady, uh, his uh, psychologist at the time, a man by the name of Dr. Robert Houston, uh, a, a close friend of his, perhaps a former lover. There was talk that they were connected back in the day, a woman by the name of Hypatia Masters. And they went uh, from New York to England to meet up with the last member of the expedition, a, uh, a renowned Egyptologist named Sir Aubrey Penhew, um, who was co-heading up the expedition. After arriving in England and doing whatever they did there, they traveled to East Africa, to Mombasa, Kenya. And then while in Kenya, they decided to go uh, inland for a, a safari in and around Nairobi. Something happened during that safari, and the expedition was lost. Roger's sister, 
Erica Carlisle then traveled to Africa to investigate, and it was soon discovered that the entire expedition was massacred. There was a group of uh, Kikuyu tribesmen who were tried and found guilty of the massacre and put to death by hanging. Case closed, right? Or was it? You show up at Jackson's uh, hotel room at the Chelsea Hotel um, and find him freshly murdered. He's got a strange symbol carved into his forehead, almost reminiscent of the lamprey-like mouths of those Kari Siri that you faced while in Peru, but, but different as well. You see his killers, a trio of strange headband-wearing men fleeing from the scene of the crime, jumping out the fire escape. They got away. And for the past eight days since that murder took place, it's only been eight days, you've been trying to unravel these mysteries, the mystery of not only why Jackson Elias was killed, uh, but also what he knew about the possibility that perhaps this Carlisle expedition was never massacred. You speak to his close friends and confidants and find out that he had become obsessed as of late with the expedition, an obsession that seemed to be driving him mad as uh, evidence in some of his late letters to his close friends. It, it got to the point where it seemed like he knew his life was in danger and his dying wish was for the four of you, his close friends, to finish his investigation because he believed what happened and something going on with the Carlisle expedition is tied into the fate of the very world. At Jackson's funeral, Lieutenant Martin Poole shows up, takes you downtown. He knows you were at the Chelsea Hotel on the night of Jackson's murder, and he wants to know what you know. He then tells you, after you realize this, you had nothing to do with it, there was a string of similar murders to Jackson's, uh, you know, a few months ago and going back uh, over a year, people going missing and some of them turning up dead all over the city. But a man was uh, arrested and sent to death row for the crimes, a man named Hilton Adams. And there hadn't been any other murders until... Jackson Elias. He thought all along that Adams was set up, and also that the 14th Precinct captain who presided over his arrest had something to do with the setup. The fact that Jackson is now found dead is just further proving his suspicions. So this captain, William Robeson, seems like a dirty cop. Meanwhile, you make friends with a New York Times reporter by the name of Rebecca Schosenberg, who sets you up with a meeting with Hilton Adams' wife, Millie Adams. They both proclaim that Hilton is innocent. And Millie gets you a meeting with Hilton himself at Sing Sing Prison while he's awaiting a date with the electric chair so he can tell you what he knows. And he tells you that long before he was arrested, he and his old military buddies, a group of guys that were all in the, the Harlem Hellfighters during the Great War, they were looking into what was happening with the disappearances in Harlem, trying to protect their neighborhood. And it all seemed to connect to this little shop of African curios called the Juju House. You investigate this juju house. It's a small little antique shop run by an unassuming old elderly African man named Silas Nkwane. Something doesn't seem right, though. 
So you stake the place out at night, and when you do, you see several people going into the shop, more than could ever fit into that tiny space. You listen after the guard goes in, the guy standing outside, the bouncer, and you just hear strange distant sounds within. So you break into the shop one night when no one is around. You uncover a hidden door on the floor leading down into a chamber. You go into this chamber and you are attacked by four zombie-like people. No doubt four of the missing Harlemites. And you open up a, a hole in the floor to uncover this wailing monstrosity made up of dozens of faces and half-bodies reaching out at you with their mouths. All of your sanity is tested. Poor Vaughn is on the brink. Um, so, during all of this, Millie Adams goes missing as well. So you bring this evidence to Lieutenant Poole. He seems like the only person with any authority that you can trust, and he promises to to do something about it off the books. He hasn't been heard from since. Meanwhile, you purchase tickets to a benefit gala hosted by Erica Carlisle, Roger's sister, where she tells you about Roger's dalliances with a woman named Nachonka Bunet, which may have led him to his expedition to Africa in the first place. But his mind seemed to be whittling away as he delved further into these strange tomes that you then find in Carlisle's library, tucked away in a safe. That's tonight. That happened tonight in game time. Knowing that tomorrow night is the dark of the moon. The dark of the moon is when most of these disappearances in Harlem have been taking place. You know that a final showdown that somehow involves Juju House is on the horizon. So you return to Vaughn's hotel room at the Waldorf Astoria to rest up before your big day when Margot is drawn to the balcony by this haunting photo she has no memory of taking. A photo she's pretty sure she's destroyed and it's just sitting out on the balcony as if it's been following her. She goes to retrieve it and up in the sky a flying enormous serpent-like creature that blots out the very moon dives directly at her. That is where we left last week. And that pretty is where we pretty did. cut and dry. Really. Pretty cut and dry. <laughs> it's only been eight days. <laughs> eight days. Oh man, you said that, and I was like, no, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think how many episodes Peru was. Like six, seven. So you're about, you're pretty much at like two episodes a day. You know, you guys get a lot of stuff done. I'm not like, mm-hmm. so anything else you want to do today? And you guys are like, no, let's just fast forward. You're like, you know what? I'm going to go buy a new suit. That happens a lot. So your days, <laughs> you guys get a lot done. Yeah. This thing is <gasps> flying at you, Margo. I don't even think your friends see this. I think Carter and Vaughn, you were like, you weren't like in an argument, but you were having like a discussion and, and Feyruz was digging into all these tomes. But you're a little distracted when Margot just sees the, the curtain like wafting up from the wind. You go outside and this thing is hurtling at you. You look up and I mean, you have never seen anything like this in your life. It is so jarring. It provokes a sanity roll. Give me said sanity roll. But first... Let's all start with a group luck roll. A group luck roll, more so uh, individual luck rolls to see if you improve your luck for the last time. 
Not that you can use luck on sanity, but let's just get it out of the way so we can sit and enjoy our meal. Yes, I did it. Nope. Nothing. Ooh. No luck Ooh, all for right. Nora. Ross, you feeling lucky? I'm feeling lucky. Went to the Cthulhu Casino and I won me six luck points. <laughs> <laughs> Box guys. Uh, Rob, any luck? Yeah, I got ten. Whoa! Oh. And uh, Kate, any I got luck? six also. Okay. Nice. Now, of course, you cannot use that on your sanity roll, so please <laughs> give right. me that D100 roll. You got pretty good sanity, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, she's still pretty sane. Um, yep, 21 under 85. Good You've got rock. ice in your veins. She Maybe she thinks out? this isn't real. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> what were you going to say, Rob? Just sharing some luck. I mean, some sanity. Is there? Is that possible? Can you like kind of shave some off the top? Right, like a little sprinkle. Parmigiano. Some more sanity for you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Some more sanity. Yeah, here. Just look into my mask. It's where I get it from. This thing is hurtling down towards you. It's dark out, and you can't. You really can't even make it all out until it's like right on top of you. What do you do? Because you, uh, as we all know, have incredible dexterity at 80, and dexterity is initiative here in Call of Cthulhu. So what do you do, Margu? Um, Margu would probably run back inside. I feel like that's a natural human reflex to seeing something like coming at you like you are prey, Mm -hmm. and it is predator. So I feel like she would go to run back inside and shut the door. Bolt back inside, shut the door. At that moment, if Ross and, uh, excuse me, if, Vaughn, if Ross is there, Vaughn and Carter are, are in a, a heated discussion and, and Feyruz is really in the books, uh, you come running in, do you say anything? Uh, she's probably, like, screaming, yelling, like, uh, just say, like, ah, like, something, like, something outstairs, there's a monster out there. And then, the door shatters, and you see this, like, 12-foot, like, snake-like tail come flying through the window with, like, talon-like feet at the end of it. You have never seen anything like this. It's like a fucking dragon that just smashes in. Glass goes everywhere. Vaughn, Carter, and Feyruz give me a sanity check. Why? Man. This thing is... I don't okay. know why, but I didn't think it would be so bold as to... <laughs> I didn't think it was real. <laughs> I rolled a 15 under 74. Ooh, ice in her veins! I'm just like... <laughs> Pocket aces! Uh, I'll Carter. go next, because it looks like Ross's face is uh, more dramatic. I got a 39 under 47, so I pass. 39 under 47, you pass... Vaughn, all of these checks are going to take a miracle at this point because, correct me if I'm wrong, you're sitting around 24 or 26 sanity. I'm at 26 sanity. 26. Unfortunately, I rolled a 36. I'd rather you roll an 86 than, like, so close. I know. It's like... I'm going to need you to roll a D10. Roll that one. Roll that one. I still have faith. Seven. Oh. It's almost a one, but you added a line to the top of it. All right, so you take seven points of sanity damage, 
and a couple things are going to happen. Number uh-huh. one, you are seeing a true monster of the Cthulhu mythos, where you have already gained five points of Cthulhu mythos, uh, which has lowered your maximum sanity by five as your mind has been unlocked to the mythos. This is another one of these type creatures that will add to your mythos score and lower your sanity. You've already got that initial one, so now this just gives you another point of Cthulhu mythos, and your sanity goes down by one, not your sanity, but your maximum sanity. So really, for you, it doesn't matter. But where it starts at ninety-nine, it then went to ninety-four when you got uh-huh. that five mythos. Now it goes to a max of ninety-three. Okay. In case you find a really good therapist after the New York chapter is over. Cool. The second thing that happens is you don't even have to roll to see if you're intelligently aware of what is happening because you're already suffering from indefinite insanity you immediately have a bout of madness and here's how it is going to play out let me look at my sweet little bout of madness table you know what I'm going to roll a d8 uh, oh, actually d10 ah perfect uh Physical hysterics or emotional outburst. Uh, I'm going to read it to you, uh, Ross, and then we'll see if you mm-hmm. have the improvisational skills to make this interesting. Um, <laughs> the investigator is incapacitated, laughing, crying, screaming, etc., for 1d10 rounds. I'm going to let you roll the d10 to see how many rounds you are just like... Uh, you know, incapacitated you go, with incapacitated emotional... By, uh, yeah. Spasms. Okay. Uh, five. Five rounds. Okay. So, how does this? How does this initially manifest? Okay. Uh, yeah. Vaughn. Oh, <laughs> 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 He's just going the downward spiral. Um, when Vaughn looked into the mask. After a journey within, he saw his face on the body of a serpent. Um, That's right. That caused him to uh, almost have a moment of of um, mortification of the flesh, so we say, to to purge away what part of him remains um, united to the serpent. Now the serpent is here. The serpent has come. Um, uh the serpent, the dragon of old. Uh, and so it's like Vaughn is like this tail whips through the talons, come in and glass everywhere. Like it's as, as screams happen, like Vaughn is, it's not screams. It's like silent clarity as he just like falls to his knees with his hands up. And, and you can just hear if he's, if you're, if you're close by, it's like St. Michael brings out his holy sword places his heel upon the neck of the serpent. For now, the hour is struck. The trumpet has been sounded. The dead shall walk again. The serpent comes, but upon all of them he shall place the mark of the beast. They were not able to buy and sell without the mark of the beast. The serpent has come, and he but but the saints and all of the thrones and the powers of the Almighty are aligned against you. I cast you out in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and the mystery of the Trinity is aligned against you. And like, it is just a like a... (laughs) This, like, litany of, uh, of, of, of biblical, uh, madness as he is seeing, like, the dragon of revelation coming forth. <laughs> oh my god, amazing. So you just crumble to the floor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to speak it away. Yeah, um, yeah. 
I love this. It now goes to Feruz. Feruz, you look up from your book quick. Just see like this long tail with like weird spikes at the end of it and these talons. And you hear this sound that is like a guttural scream. <laughs> like it's trying to get through the window into your hotel room. Is it so it's not in the hotel room, it's just smashed the, the glass? It's so large that it seems like it can't fit through the opening that you have there. In fact, why don't I go to a picture? Check out roll 20 here, if you will, so you get a sense of what this thing looks like in terms of its size compared to you. Yeah, I don't think that'll fit in the room. No. That's a big... It's a big snake with bat I mean, wings. We're sharing beds. <laughs> but that tail is just like whipping. It's knocking over a lamp on an end table. Um, but you guys are, especially if you if you got, uh, you know, if you were away and Margot came running in, you seem like you're far enough away, but you don't know how far that tail can lash out. I don't know, but I'm saying, not an illusion, not an illusion. <laughs> and I'm like running to go grab my gun. All right, so you just take off to grab your gun, uh, and then it goes to Carter. Carter's just like, let's get the fuck out of here now. Go, go, go. I'm not fighting this fucking thing. And Carter starts running, and I want to... He obviously sees Vaughn. And he's like, Vaughn, I don't have time for your bullshit. And grabs, like, <laughs> tries to put his, put his arms around Vaughn and start pulling him up and out and go out into the hallway. And you do that, and as, as you're dragging you, I'm just like, it's just like the smoker's breath in your ear like and the people worship the dragon saying who is like the dragon for he had given him authority into the beast let's 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 find out in the lobby let's go (laughs) (laughs) um it then then goes to you vaughn vaughn uh do you feel like you're weak enough to just be carried uh with carter or does it is it going to take multiple people to pull you out are you, you drawn towards it or drawn away from it I, I mean, I think I'm compelled away. I'm, I'm terrified of this thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting, but the revelation has come. Like, I'm, I think I'm looking around expecting to see, like, uh, like, like empty clothes from, from raptured people and, like, the dead <laughs> the walking and, like, the, this is and, a like, Kirk the, Cameron movie. And, like, the sea turning to blood and stuff. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people. As I'm like, it's like maybe if I'm wrestling out of your hands, I'm like pounding on the on doors as we go by. Like, yeah, uh, it's like arise, arise. <laughs> uh, all right, so you're you're getting pulled out while you're yelling all these things. Uh, mm-hmm. Feyruz is running to get her gun, but Feyruz, you look over and you see Carter pulling Vaughn towards the door. It comes back to the top of round two. Margot, you ran away from this thing. This huge tail, like tree trunk thick, is just whipping around the room. It hits the couch, and the couch topples over on its side. The strength of this beast is uh, immeasurable. So, I'm going to grab my stuff, too. She goes to grab her bag, which has the mask, the pictures, her notebook, and her guns, because she thinks they're going to leave this room. But if they leave the room, will they be safe? Can they even go outside? She's grabbing her gun either way, so that's what she's going to do with this turn, is gather her things, have a gun in hand. Okay. Uh, It is now the creature's turn, and the creature is just like, boom, boom! You see the walls around, like, the frame of the balcony start to... Cave in, like crack right in the middle, like they're starting to split. Uh, 
Okay, in fact, one of the door jams, just uh, like one side of the door jam that's housing the balcony, just pops off and flies all the way across the room. Uh, it now goes back to you, Feyruz. Feyruz, you see, it seems like a retreat. What do you do? Um, if the glass isn't fully broken, um, I'm going to take cover behind that large couch. Um, my bag, my bag of books was around, so I just want to like make sure I have that before we head out. And while I'm still aiming at this thing, I want to back out of the room. Um, and at the nearest sign of a fire alarm, I want to hit that fire alarm. Ah, okay, all right. So you take cover, slowly slinking out towards the hallway. Give me a luck roll. Right. Let's see if that fire alarm just happens to be right outside or exists. Or exists in 1925. I rolled a 16 under 72. Looks like they have some equivalent. <laughs> it's just <laughs> this a guy. Is the first in building a f- ever. Fireman suit. It's a suit. test building. <laughs> right. Everyone <laughs> knows that the Waldorf Astoria built the first fire alarm in 1924. Um, so you see something there that is like, a, you know, they would at least alert the front desk and maybe. You hear that throughout the building. So is this all of this sound now as it comes back to you, Carter? Yeah, Carter's just just dragging Vaughn. I, I don't know <laughs> where we are. I mean, uh, you know, I, my intent is to use every available bit of effort during my single turn to get as far away as possible dragging my insane friend. Uh, I guess probably not wise to use the elevator, so maybe starts going to the stairwell. Okay, you got, you're basically out into the hallway and you feel pretty safe away from its reach because were it to burst into the room, now it's going to navigate a very small doorway. But how yeah. thick are these walls? You don't know. Uh, and now goes you, Vaughn. Vaughn still just, just being pulled out into the hallway, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, dragged down, down the hall um, just all, all, all the while. Like, and just like, he was once like one of them, you know. He was once like one of them. Like like the like the morning star, they fell. They, they, we saw it, Tillinghurst. We've seen it. Yeah, Vaughn, I'm 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 worried about some other things right now, man. We got bigger fish to fry. We gotta get the fuck out. Bigger fish, <laughs> bigger fish. Yes, bigger fish. The, 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 in Levi- Leviathan, the the, the 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 creature of old that, that swims in the waters. Um, he looked upon the daughters of men and 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 found them fair. And there were giants in those days, you know. Hmm? I, oh yeah, I. Uh, it, it sounds awesome. Let's keep going. And then. It, <laughs> Carter yeah. makes sure also to be screaming like, let's go, let's go, like hoping everyone else is, is behind him. He doesn't want to forget everybody else. Other doors in the building are starting to open up and people are coming out like groggy-eyed, you know, wearing 1925's pajamas, uh, <laughs> nightcaps and whatnot. Candlesticks. <laughs> what is all the racket here? You've woken up my money. Um, <laughs> Margo, you look like you are the last one out of the room. Uh, as you look about the room, is there anything that you want to even attempt to grab as you go, not knowing what the state of the room will be like should you choose to return? Um, so I grabbed everything I want, I believe. My photos, my notebook, mask, my guns. Feyruz has the other books. Maybe just do like a quick luck roll to see if there's anything that we missed. Okay. Or something. Or, yeah. or spot hidden. or Spot like hidden. That. Yeah, give me a spot hidden. 
I don't see anything. I'm ready to get out of the room. I got an 86 <laughs> over 62. And 86. I'm not using luck right now. <laughs> yeah, and you can't use it on luck anyways. Oh, use the spot hidden, right? So, yeah, mm-hmm. you're looking around. Anything of importance? No, I guess not. And you run out of the room. Do you shut the door or you just fucking get out of there? I think I shut the door as like a feeble attempt. Like, maybe it's a strong door. So, yeah. Maybe it doesn't know how to open a, a knob. Maybe it'll have a lock a little thumbs. bit. Right. Yeah. Just a little just clock. And <laughs> as you shut the door, you just hear, crack, 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 crack. Ah, more splintering sounds, screaming, and then silence. You're running away, and you guys all hear these sounds of screaming and banging, and other people are looking around like, what is the meaning of this at the world or the story, I know less? Uh, and then it's just like, as you're getting to the elevators, the stairs and whatnot, that sound goes away. You still want to get the hell out of the building? Was it screaming of people, it sounded like? or screaming No, it of sounded the- like this creature was letting out some sort of wail as it was trying to fight its way into your room. And all the people are just more uh, grumpy than they are terrified. Yeah, they're like, what is uh, the fire alarm? What, there's too much money here for there to be a fire alarm? <laughs> and what is all the screaming and crashing? Some sort of party, no doubt. <laughs> and so they're more annoyed by this. They don't know that there's a monster in the other room. I think as Carter and Vaughn have, like, gone into the stairwell and are running, um, Feyre's just, like, completely disheveled with, like, an armed gun, and, like, a loaded gun in her hand and, like, and, like, a, essentially, like, a go bag. We'll actually take the elevator. So in all this, like, panic and chaos, all of a sudden it's like... As we're like slowly heading down into the lobby. It's got one of these elevator things. Is there an elevator operator in there? Like, rough night, ma'am? What floor, ma'am? Lobby, please. Lobby, coming right up. Will your friends be joining you? And what about that giant monster? You go down to the lobby. Um, and you get to the lobby and you see that like the bellman and uh, a couple of the hotel staff are standing outside and they're uh they're like pointing up and 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 looking and and then one guy is running over to uh, the phone and like uh, please please and you just see that there's a bit of a commotion so they're aware that something is happening here um in the distance, you hear a uh, fire alarm, uh, fire engine coming up. What about the rest of you? Uh, yeah, maybe Carter and Vaughn burst through the, the bottom stairwell door into the lobby, <laughs> too. Uh, oh, my God. Because Carter, I feel like they got far enough away to not have heard the silence. So Carter comes out and is like, Everyone! Get out of here! There's a giant dragon! It's on the giant! It's on the end floor! Whatever floor we're staying on! That's where it is! Everyone's gotta get out! Don't forget! Carter Tillyhast! He saved your life! Carter! <laughs> <laughs> giant dragon? What has this gentleman? He has had too many gin fizzes this evening. Take all your money, but leave some behind. I feel like I've earned it. It's a fair recompense. Get out of here! Go! And people are just like, what? It's just, it's just freezing out. And, uh, they're, you know, most of them don't even have their coats and, like, they're looking at the staff. Like, do we have to go outside? Is this really a big deal? And they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry, madam. There, there may very well be a fire. We just have to, uh, take precaution. In the middle of January, this weather, it's, it's like slightly snowing out. It's like, ah, 
upset. They're all, everyone is upset. And mm-hmm. now there's just people pouring in. But now you have to worry, like, if this thing's flying around, what's to say it won't just come attack everyone once they go outside? So you see this just mass of people mm-hmm. going outside. Do you follow or do you stay in? Well, I don't know if Margot ran immediately downstairs when yeah, she heard with the silence. Because Feyruz took the elevator, and I feel like she was close enough to the door to hear the commotion and hear nothing. And maybe walks by the door again before coming down the stairs. All right, so you got you, you got away, and you were the only one that caught that. Like after all that sound, nothing. And so you walk back up to the door, and you listen, and you just hear the wind coming from the other side of the door to your hotel room. Can I peek in the room? You want to peek in the room? Yeah. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Get it into you have a peeky. Margo grabs the handle of the door, opens it ever so slightly to peek in, and where the balcony used to be is just a massive hole. You can almost see uh, the beginning of its wingspan trying to get through. I'm thinking like... Is it Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters yeah. 2 where there's just like, yeah, it's it's that kind of scene where it's just, I'm sure uh, Kate is a, a film historian, you know exactly the scene I'm speaking of. For sure. Um, just a hole uh, where there used to be building and just going out into blackness. And if you try to look out there, you do not see the creature anywhere. You don't hear the sound of wings before I leave and meet them downstairs, I want to take a picture of the room, like, from the door, so I can, like, see everything, see the sh- dragon-shaped hole, whatever it is, and just the destruction of that, and then head down stairs to like meet everyone. like a outline. Yeah. <laughs> Bugs Bunny goes to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you get Ooh, a photo. Polaroid now? Yep. Nice. <laughs> I figured one of these. Smile! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get a photo. Uh... You shut the door, and you're glad that the incidentals are on Vaughn's credit card. You go downstairs, and your friends are all in the lobby. At this point, Vaughn, enough time has passed that you are no longer uh, having this bout of madness. Um, In fact, you don't even remember having this thing. The last thing you remember was hearing uh, an explosion and seeing glass shards flying out. That's the last thing you remember. Yeah. Damnedest thing. Yes. Vaughn? Hmm? You, hey. Are you... You back, buddy? Silly ass, what the bloody hell happened? Why, what, what, what are we doing outside? We had a bit of an incident. Um, a snake hmm. bat creature. Bat uh, snake, really. Bat snake, good good point. A bat snake um, smashed uh, the balcony open. That might cost you a little bit of money. But more we're importantly, need- we're alive. Feyruz is here. Margot? I guess we don't know what's happened, right? So we're sort of Fingers still down crossed. there. Right, Where's Margot? Margo. Yeah. Oh, oh, there you are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Say what? I think I'll do. Um, we gotta go. Gone. We gotta get out of here. What's? I mean, is this thing gonna take the top of the building off? What's going on? It's gone. It, it's it's completely completely gone. The, the room is ravaged and it's nowhere to be seen. Oh my god! All right, but but well, the room like there's actual destruction. 
right? If this was not like a maggots are in the shower, maggots are not in the shower thing. This is a physical it's, destruction situation. It looks like a, a monster uh, rammed its body through the wall and ravaged the room, and I took a photo. So what you're saying is we're all going to need another room. <laughs> Pro- probably. Maybe it's a monster that does not attack the same room twice. I dare say. Uh, so yeah, so basically, Vaughn, that's what happened. Um, welcome back. <laughs> I'm losing time. I I scarcely remember what happened last night. It's probably for the best. What is happening? What is happening to me? I just... Dear God, what? I don't know. You seem to... Every time something strange like this happens, you seem to ramble off on uh, a lot of... Catholic, right? Things. But but you're doing great. That, that's not to take anything away from your contributions, right? Everybody, look. <laughs> you are not to... <laughs> doing good. No, um, oh, a little okay. concerned. Yep. I'm yes. very worried about you. Um, that maybe, yeah. We're all we're all very impressed, Vaughn, with what you've brought to the table in terms of uh, teamsmanship. Yes. Uh, but yeah, there was an incident. We're down here. Sounds like we can go back up there. Maybe go to the, maybe go to the con- concierge. Or let's talk a- about another room. Maybe. Are you mad? If, if I'm, if, clearly, what if if you're you're saying that some sort of winged serpent came in through our door or window? Yeah. That that that, be, that means they know where we are, man. They're watching. They just say no. That's a good, yes. great point. Well, that means that if they know where we are. And, and whatever we're dealing with is, is something supernatural, then they're going to be able to find us wherever we are, and then we might as well stay in a big building padded by other rooms surrounding us. How about what other four-star hotels are in the city? Can we find another equivalent ritzy hotel? And then we'll... This is, well, this is where I come in, guys. <laughs> we check in under, get this, aliases. Okay, we come up with different names. I will be uh, uh, a Thaddeus Fartbender. And we will go in there. <laughs> you guys can pick your own names, or if you want to, I can. I got a whole. Uh, I got a note card here with lots of different aliases. Go to a different hotel, check in under uh, uh, aliases, and we'll be safe, but also uh, in the in the comfort that we've come to expect. Split up? No, no, no. All of us. No, God, no, no. Oh. We're all together. Uh, if you'll direct yourself to roll 20, uh, I do have, uh, I haven't shown you this yet. Um, it's a nice little map of, uh, Greater New York in 1925. Um, and in fact, if you look at the small inset map, uh, number 16 there is in fact the Waldorf Astoria. Um, so there are other hotels available. There's the Hotel Chelsea, back to where your good friend Jackson Elias was killed. Uh, the New Grand Hotel, uh, the Broadway Central, of course, um, and uh, other buildings. So there are other options. Um, but yeah, there is this lingering fear that they know where you are. They're watching. But who? Maybe Times Square Hotel? Seems nice. I'm just thinking lots of people, lots of big buildings, um, lots of eyes in case Serpent comes back. Yeah, okay. Maybe it won't. Sure. Um, uh, Margot, uh, do you think it's okay to go up there and gather our shit? 
Yeah, it's gone. Um, I don't see why not. Maybe we just go up there, grab our stuff, and let's just let ourselves out the back door. What do you think? Agreed. Yes. Yes, I suppose that, um... Less of trail. Um, all right, let's go upstairs. Guys head upstairs, and, uh... Not unlike uh, Margot, you take this deep breath and you open the door to go in. Um, Favors, I don't know if you were able to even grab all those books and shove them into your go bag and all of the commotion. So let's say a couple of those are laying out. You guys grab whatever you need to grab, and you just see this. I mean, it's almost like a perfect outline of not even the full mass of this creature. And Vaughn, where you lost some time, you now see that it was... They weren't just blowing smoke, because you can see this cryptic outline of some winged beast trying to fight its way in. Shards of glass all over the floor. That broken door jam, like the force that it was exerting. The fact that it was able to send that off of the, off of the wall and across the room. It's unsettling. And I'm, yeah, like peering over the edge down onto, down onto Manhattan. Um, yeah. And, uh, like, I've got, like, trunks and stuff, so packing that up and finding my pistol and also lifting up that box that I got with the, those vials inside. Um, right. Ones look like they contain the entire cosmos. It's the way they. Yeah, we kind of hid that from you, but I would imagine in the chaos. Mm. Pun intended. That's not even a pun. <laughs> it's a fucking reference to the name of the show. Uh, that's got spewed, you know, that's everywhere. Uh, or at least exposed so you could see it. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Carter wants to make sure he grabs that ornamental knife that he found. Ah, oh, yes. The, the same knife, that, or one of the knives that was. A same make of a knife that was used to kill Jackson that you yeah. found in Silas Nakwane's right. chamber. We didn't take any of those headbands, right? I've got one. You do have one. I got okay. an old jerky tongue. The yeah. one with the mummified human tongue, right. Yeah. And then Carter's also like, so as you can see, Vaughn, this is where it came through. Mm-hmm. And right over here is where I saved your life. You were huh. kind of right here and you were gibbering yes. away and um, found it within myself to pick you up my great 70 strength and drag you out of this uh, room. So, anyway, I just wanted to point out that the main parts of the room that figure into the narrative here. Uh, well, thank you ever so much, Tilling Hass, for your, um, you know, your, your great brawn and esprit de court. Uh, it's, it just comes naturally at this point. Yeah. Um, Feyruz will make it a point to leave behind the fancy uh, dress that she borrowed with the intention of sending a telegram over to that lady <laughs> saying her father will pay the full compensation <laughs> for the um, for the destruction of her dress. Thank you for the dress. Stop. <laughs> Thank you for the dress. Stop. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, yeah, most of us are still dressed all fancy, right? Like, we yeah. got back... I would say, I mean, maybe I would say like, when we go back up this time. this time around, like Feyruz does change her clothes, but before she was very much in that elevator full ball gown. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll leave it behind and make her dad pay for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now you're wearing a bum equipment sweatshirt. 
<laughs> Ready for bed. Um, all right, so so Vaughn, you've got your trunks and everything. You're you're moving out. You're going to another hotel. Yeah, uh, so. it's not safe there. Uh, there's also a giant hole in the wall. Right. Okay. Um, you get down into the lobby, all of you, and uh, the bellman is like, uh, Mr. Villiers, uh, what seems to be the problem? Uh, is, is everything all right? Yes, the problem, old boy, is that there, there's a bloody great hole in our wall, you see. Um, it seems as though someone drove a trolley car straight through my bloody balcony. Oh. So I don't think I'll be uh, uh, spending the night there. Any, any, I'm sorry, I don't understand. A, a hole in your wall? How, how can that be? We, we, we inspect all of these rooms before our uh, guests stay. This is the Waldorf Astoria, after all. And there is a, a hole. I, I, I do apologize. This is something we should have had looked at. But why don't we just move you to an, another room? Uh, free of charge, of course. Uh, indeed. I, I, I think um, before I'd set foot in another room, I'd like you lot to have a, have a deep and hard look at the structural integrity of this building that you're passing off as one of the, uh, the diamonds of your city. Um, I'm afraid that the Waldorf Astoria shall f- see my business never again. Good day, sir. I said good day. Good day, you, sir. Oh, and Yelp review. And uh, <laughs> you, the four of you storm out as if you had nothing to do with this. Yes, that's a and star struck off of your review, uh, Tyler. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, and you just walk out as all the other people are coming in, like, oh, it's, it's freezing outside. And uh, as you get to the front, you see that the, the, the fire engine is there, and they're, they're, like, starting to pack up, like they already inspected and saw that it wasn't can, a fire. But there's can, a bunch of people huddled, huddled around, like, broken glass on the sidewalk hmm. and chunks of wall, and they're, like looking up and pointing and trying to figure out like, what the hell happened. But they, they don't have a good vantage point to see uh, exactly what you saw. Um, can I roll spot hidden to see if I see any suspicious or familiar characters <laughs> in this vicinity? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I bloody smashed it. It's, um, or, uh, yeah, I rolled a 46 under 75. 46 under 75, you know, there's a lot of commotion as all of the guests of, uh, you know, this used to be two separate hotels that merged, uh, so there's a ton of guests here on a uh, on a Friday night in New York City. Um, and so you're just trying to suss through, is anybody standing out? The only people that really jump out at you are the police who are, uh, like, uh, talking to somebody, and from time to time they look up, and are they looking right at you and your friends? Do I... Are they- are we able to see what precinct they're from by their uniforms? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that you could uh, you could look at their car, the police car, and see that they're from the uh, the Midtown East uh, precinct. So maybe it's just your mind playing tricks on you, or maybe you are being watched. Um... Well, I'd say, other than the fact that it's colder than witches' tit out here, I'd say we got off pretty, pretty <laughs> scot-free. <laughs> All things considered. Yeah, yeah I mean, we just saw a dragon and our friend nearly broke. But I feel like all things considered, you're right. That's a win. It could have been much worse. I think yeah. we should absolutely count this as a win. Yeah. We should not walk directly to the new hotel. We should take, you know, a non-straight route and keep our eyes out while we're going to s- mm-hmm. see if anyone's watching, following us, anything up in the windows, anywhere in the sky. I mean, can these people really do that? Can they really just be like, oh, we want those guys out of the picture. Let's send a dragon. 
I don't know. Can't, did that happen? <laughs> How does one even call upon a snake dragon? Bat snake. Uh, well, yeah, what snake do you do? Bat. You call the yellow pages? I don't know if the snake dragon is related to, you know, the, the thing we found on the floor and the juju house. I'd like um, to think they're somewhat tied together. I don't think I'm normally if I, we hadn't found that stuff, I doubt we'd roll into New York City and encounter a snake dragon. And and, a, and I, I assume that maybe conversations we've had have been kind of been tossed around between us and it's like, and doesn't that sound uh, um, rather significantly like the uh, creatures that that um, extremely authentic Australian gentleman <laughs> told us about? <laughs> it, um, his winged bat serpents. The father of all bats. Yeah. Yes, the bat father. That does sound like whatever. <laughs> bat they the bat told daddy. Us. Yeah. <laughs> That's not great. That's not great. You usually don't want a god uh, on your tail. That's not ideal. No. Um, all right, let's take a circuitous route to our new hotel, the name of which I've already forgotten. The Times the Times Square Hotel. All right, the Times Square. This is good because which... it's right next to where Rebecca works, so maybe mm-hmm. we can stop there tomorrow before we save the world. Yes, and make sure that she's safe. By George, if they can send her... A dragon to attack us, then what's to stop them from sending it to anyone? Yeah, there's also a Chipotle by there, which I think we could hit up. Hmm. One, would, one would think that a bat daddy god would have better things to do than to be summoned upon. Just to ram through somebody's wall. Yeah, what, what, I mean, gods, what are you doing? These, are, these lesser gods are just sitting around by the phone, waiting for it to ring? Well, we're trying to destroy <laughs> him, maybe. We By uncovering stuff. Yeah. Oh, so what god are they if they're taking orders from somebody else? They're probably they're one that can die. They're not. Right? They're, they're. You're like talking crap about this thing and <laughs> Margo's totally. like looking up at the sky like, mm-hmm. no, it's And the cool. more the guys yeah, really saw it, we just ran out of the room like, we can take it. <laughs> and maybe and the more the concept of god and gods are revoked, you can just see Vaughn just sort of like, yeah, yes, but they're not gone. They're just, they're okay, we can talk. Yeah, we, can, we don't need to talk about it right now. You, no. They can be evoked by, by learning secret names and sigils. It's cold. Yeah, you're walking through freezing cold New York City, Vaughn's dragging trunks. You've got all of your shit with you, mm-hmm. and you're on like Park Avenue South, and you're it's trying to madness. make your way I've, to. We're uh, just zigzagging through city suitcases. blocks. He's fucking. He's a funny taxi. Forty yes. third Street. Um, you get there uh, to the Times Square Hotel, and it's it's a long, cold walk. Um, but on top, but the, I guess what keeps you warm is the fear of imminent death. You're constantly, any sound you hear, it's like, oh, you're looking at the skies above. But you are unaccosted um, all your way there. And you get there and there's like a stiff, tall, thin man with a pencil thin mustache that sees the four of you stumble in like wet from the snow and looking all disheveled. It's like three in the morning now, I imagine. Like right. you got back late from Westchester. You were digging into these books, having a couple cocktails, and then this monster came in. And now you had to walk all the way across town, taking a longer circuitous route. You come in there and he's like, mm, how may I help you? No, it's terribly late, old man, but I don't suppose you've got a suite of rooms available at this ungodly hour. Pardon me, a suite for the four of you. Or perhaps two adjoining? Um, well, sir, uh, clearly you are not from New York, but the Times Square Hotel is a hotel primarily for single men. Um, although they did add a floor for women. Um, What? 
Yes, that is how things work in 1925. This is a uh, hotel for primarily single men, so uh, you and your friend here, looking at Carter, uh, could stay on floors one through uh, 14, um, and the ladies would need their own room on the 15th floor. Let's, uh... Uh, I think you've mistaken the situation here, sir. You see, we are two couples, and I'll, I'll like, just, whatever, grab Carter or Vaughn, whoever's closest, Mm -hmm. uh, and and we should like adjoining rooms, as Mm. we are honeymooning all together. We are group wedding. Yes. My dear, I don't know what kind of coupling the four of you are up to, but that is not type of business we have here at the Times Square Hotel. Perhaps you would prefer a flea motel on 10th Avenue? Now, God damn it, sir! And Carter We were just at the Waldorf Astoria, and the only reason why we're in this fleabag hotel is because there was a huge, giant hole in our wall, and the fire alarm was raised, and now we have to find ourselves in the cold, walking around at 3 a.m. in this dirtbag, and you will provide us a room, sir. We demand satisfaction. That is the tenth (laughs) time I've heard that excuse this evening. Madam... You're lucky. A couple of years ago, this hotel was primarily for men. I will allow you a room on the 15th floor, but that is all. I don't make the rules. I merely enforce them. Uh, a, a couple's hotel can be found up the street if you so choose. Otherwise, good day to you. What's or the star rating on this couple's hotel? place to the ground. Yeah. This is a, uh, a high-class hotel, I'll have you know. Built. If you have to say that over ago. and over again, I don't think it's very high class. I mean, you keep women up on the top floor. For, for single men only? What kind of establishment is this? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? I'll have you know. My father, whenever he's in town, goes out of his way to stay at the Times Square Hotel. Which floor, though? Young man. You are no longer welcome here. I'm going to call the police. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. Fuck you. We're leaving. What does we do? All right, we got to pick another great hotel. <laughs> We're just well, walking around that. Times Square. What's Let me check roll 20. That? <laughs> a men's, a single men's hotel? <laughs> I no. Wikipedia'd the hotel quickly before God you guys decided to go there. Sh- Okay. And it was it was built for just single men, and then in 1923 they added one floor uh, for women. So they were pretty by the books, especially in Times Square with the, the the sex workers and whatnot. They didn't want that element being in there, so by separating them, it made it safer. Sure, mm. by by making the whole place a single man only. <laughs> yeah, this is a great goal, Troy, to finish the season where we can't fucking check into a <laughs> hotel. <laughs> Choose another hotel that doesn't have a Wikipedia hotel. page. Maybe hotel you like Gerard? leave. Around the corner? <laughs> hmm? What's it called? Gerard? The Hotel Gerard? Check another hotel that doesn't hotel. have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, I'm on it. Um, all right, so you go to the, the Hotel Gerard. Um, and uh, oh, that was built in 1893. It's a 13-story U-shaped salmon-colored brick and limestone building with German Renaissance-style design elements. The front facade features bowed pairs of bay windows from the third to sixth floor, and the building is topped by steeply pointed front gables and a high-decorated dormer. It was originally built as an apartment hotel. You come in, and uh, the gentleman is like, uh, "Hey, what's going on? How can I help you?" First of no. all, do you have any men-only floors, or can we mix and mingle here? 
Sir, I think you're thinking of the Times Square Hotel. Yes. <laughs> this is the Hotel Gerard. We're all are welcome. Hell yeah. Okay, Excellent. Anyway. Our mistake. Um, uh, I'm looking for one of your um, famous apartment-esque suites. Oh. I hear you started as an apartment hotel. If I'm we not did a... indeed. We've just yes. recently converted a few rooms to uh, shorter stays, but uh, we would be glad to uh, give you... How long do you plan on staying? Um, <laughs> You're not going to up and die in the next 24 hours, are you? <laughs> I have to ask that of all of our <laughs> new people. Uh, no, I have no plans to uh, uh, shuffle off this mortal coil just yet. Um, indeed, we, we, we may be staying for a... I, I have a feeling we'll be requiring comfort a great deal. Uh, well, then you came to the right place, because Hotel Gerard is synonymous with comfort. Let me see what I have. And now are you... Um, is this uh, two rooms for two uh, married couples? Or uh, are you uh, a family? What, what, is, what is the situation? Yes, perhaps I don't mean fry. Of course, I understand just doing your job and all that. Um, perhaps two uh, adjoining rooms for uh, for um, my wife and our friends here. Uh, lovely, of course, yes. Um, let me see what I have here. I'm just typing on my non-existent computer. Ah, yes, here you are. Um, we have two rooms on the fifth floor that should be perfectly to your liking, and they are adjoining. Uh, you can choose to leave that door locked or unlocked depending on what you like. Um, will there be anything else? We have a uh, breakfast in the morning from 7 to 10 a.m., and uh, turn-down service is optional. Well, you've been most accommodating. Um, yes, um, that turn-down service won't be necessary, if, as, you can, as you can see by the ungodly hour. We've, we've had quite a night. Um, <laughs> yes. I assume that you are blackout drunk. Um, so welcome to the Hotel Gerard. Uh, your secret is safe with me. Here are your keys. And uh, for you, please, if there's anything uh, that you need, uh, I will be here until the morning. Uh, just ring down at any time. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and, and Vaughn will, when he signs the ledger, sign a name that is not his own. Okay. What is that name? Oh, uh, yeah. What was the one uh, um, Tillinghast said? I already forgot. <laughs> fart Featherton or something? Farting because <laughs> Feather Farting. Yes, yes, yes. Just Mr. Mr. F dash and like. F dash Arthur. All right, so you go up to the room and it's late. You have to be exhausted. Are we going to sleep? Are we calling it a day? Yes. Yes. I mean, right. sleep in quotes, I would imagine. This is not the Waldorf Astoria. It's not as luxurious. There are no late-night shrimp cocktails and gin martinis. What the? Uh, bootleg gin. So you go to sleep. Fitful sleep for all of you. I imagine you're all up pretty early. Not super rested. Your mind's spinning all night. Um... And it is Saturday, January 25th or 24th. I can't remember. I'll tell you in a second. But tell me what your plan is for the day. Michael just chimed in. It is Saturday, January 24th. Uh, a week ago, you were attending Jackson Elias's funeral in Brooklyn. And now you are set to do what? Uh, Carter, you had mentioned, uh, you were like, fuck the dark of the moon. We need to go to Juju House during the day and figure out what the hell's going on. Millie Adams' life could be uh, hanging in the balance. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty decent plan. 
That seems, seems like, like we, the most pressing matter, yes. After yeah, checking like we in kind on... of ignore that for a bit to yeah. go to this party. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. I'd very much like to, yeah, um, check in on the pool situation so that the... And, and if we can't get in touch with him, let Schosenberg know where we're going and then kick down some doors. I thought you meant, like, see if this hotel had a pool. And I was like, wow. Yeah, after we see the pool <laughs> situation. Ross is really letting his hair down. Because it's Bloody yeah. Marys and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to see check out the pool situation. I heard there was tip. a bottomless mimosa brunch. <laughs> well, um, don't tempt me with a good time. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, so... Yeah. Uh, it's a little early. Maybe if you wait to uh, get this, you know, the breakfast is from 7 to 10. Get some eggs and French toast and then uh, call Lieutenant Poole's precinct. There was a message for you uh, waiting at the Waldorf Astoria that said what? Do you remember? Something about all was going according to plan, all I think. according to plan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is that from? From Poole. From Allegedly. Poole. Oh. Allegedly from Poole. We could try to call him again. Yeah. Try to give him a ring, ring a ding. Let's give him a buzz. Um, give him a code word. That way, if he can't speak because he's surrounded by people, he'll have to be the, he just at a park bench. Hmm. Just be like, hey, if you can, if this is not a good time to speak, meet us here and just say the word bagel and locks. Mm-hmm. You call up. Uh, the number that you were using to call pool um, rings three times. Tenth precinct. How can I help you? Um, yes, hello. My, my, <laughs> we no, just okay. always make fun like, calls. Who is it? I, 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 like, um, yes. Uh, is, um, How can I help you? Yes, uh, <laughs> pool. If you'd be so kind. There's a pause. Who my ass is calling? This bullshit again. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, is Mr. Paul unavailable? Um, Lieutenant Poole has not been in in three days, Ugh. actually. Um, oh, dear. Do you, did you have a meeting with uh, Lieutenant Poole? Who, who is this? Um, Tell him his dry cleaners is... is yes, um... Late to pick up an order. Like, mm, yes. Um, this is a tip-top dry cleaning. Just uh, calling in to uh, let him know that his um, his we we've got his shirts starched and, and had a bit of a difficulty with those French cuffs. Sir, sir, if if you if you know anything about Lieutenant Blue, please please let us know. We're, 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 we're this is very very strange. It's not like him to just not call. Oh dear, oh dear. I I, I should tell him. Should hate to think what that means for the state of his dry cleaning. Hmm. What was that, sir? <laughs> Tell him, why not? Why? Like he's disclosing this to us. Um, yeah. Uh, and after sir? that, yeah. Sir? I'll only say that um, if the 10th Precinct wants to know where uh, Poole told me where he was going to be, um, uh, speaking as a representative once again of tip-top dry cleaning, he uh, told me that it was um, a place up in Harlem called the Juju House. That was where his investigations were leading him. Click. 
<sighs> yes, I had enough jobs now. I'm sure that definitely done. No, no, no. What happened to Pegel and Locks? He wasn't even there. Shit. Shit. Did it go all the way to the top? Did it go all the way to the tenth? Um, and, and what do we do now? Tonight is the night that they that another abduction happens. Billy Adams has already been taken by them. I, 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 I dare say. Adams too. Um, Pool is gone. Let's go to um, Juju House. Let's go to Juju House right now. There are at least two monsters. Let's go Maybe. right now. Let's go. It's daytime. Let's go. <laughs> Pool has gone and disappeared. That means they've, they've they may bloody well have him as well. Yeah. There's no, there's no time to spare. We should we should go now. Now is the time. He who hesitates is lost. Um. And then let's, we, let's start a montage. Should we tell Schoesenberg <laughs> where we're headed? Just so... Yeah, some, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, another ring, ring, ring. Although we're next door now, right? Could we just drop in? Yeah. Um, hopefully she's in on uh, Saturdays. Um, but, but we can call first, I suppose, to see. Yeah, yeah maybe call. if we don't want to be seen by, by others. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get patched through. Uh, this is Schoesenberg. Oh, Miss Schoesenberg, I'm so glad to hear your voice. Mr. Villiers, um, in, any news on Miss Adams? I, I've, I've heard nothing on my end. Nothing on my end. We set loose the dogs of war to fetch her back, but they've, alas, disappeared in the form of our one Lieutenant Poole. We told him everything, gave him all the information that we had at our disposal. He swore blind that he was going to take action on it, but he has not been seen for three days. I fear he may be a victim as well of this horrible cult that's operating out of that place. Wait, but are you sure that Poole could be trusted? You gave him all of this information? I don't even have this information yet. Every scrap. Well, you, you need to get that to me, because if, if anything should happen to, to any of us, that needs to get out. There needs to be a plan in place. Well, now, you're, t- you're telling me you gave this to Poole and, and, and Poole is missing? How, how do you know that he's not in on all of this? I don't know, damn it. I don't know. Um, but, um, yes. Yes. We'll, we'll provide you with what we have. Stay, stay there. Uh, or no, no, meet us. Bagel and Locks. No, that was a code predetermined what? by someone else. But you need to meet Bagel and Locks closed months ago. Um, and I'll arrange a spot where we can make a handoff nearby. Cut to exterior. Bagels, bagels, bagels. On 42nd Street and 9th Avenue. Rebecca Schosenberg standing outside. Waiting, watching. The four of you walk up. Oh, thank God. Um, so... Give, give me everything you have. As I told you before, that all of our lives are at stake here. I can't just go to the press with this. But, but, but God forbid anything should happen. Well, we need to, we need to get this out. I have people that I trust that I can give this to. If you trust me. Margot walks up to her and hands her an envelope. It's a copies of the photos. I think we told her a lot, but it was yeah. over the phone. So I give it she to her. And I said, don't, don't, do, do not open these in public. Opens them when you are alone. Okay. Um, she closes them after starting to finger through. They corroborate our stories that we told you when we went to the Juju house. Okay, so, so what is your plan? What are you going to do? It's best that you don't know, Ms. Schoesenberg. Yes. We also don't know, but we're going to figure it out. When will you contact me next? Because if I don't hear from you, I'm, I'm going to expect the worst. If you don't hear from us by tomorrow morning, then the worst can be expected. Tomorrow morning? 
Tonight is the new moon. You need to stay safe. Um, I've been I've been spending the night at this horrible guy's house. He's yeah, what's just, been going on? He's very kind, but he's just not my type. Mm. And nothing's happened. Um, but he's getting antsy. Um, I can do it for one more night. Uh, but after that, I really. We've got to we've got to put an end to this. Um, yes, of course. Uh, yeah, uh, I would not wish to stretch your sufferance of that situation any longer than it can. He's very very sweet. Uh, well, listen. Just the Times Square Hotel has a ladies only floor. Oh, so. I'm I'm quite familiar with the Times Square Hotel. I, that's not my. It's fine. We just please be safe. Whatever it is you're doing, you're telling me if I don't hear from you by the morning to worry. I'm I'm already worried. So please, whatever it is you're doing, be careful. We shall. I'll I hold think- on to this. And Mr. Schosenberg, yes. wherever you sleep tonight, do it away from windows. And, she's and like, shower curtains. In anything. Okay. I shall sleep under a bed. Yes. Ah. Good day. It's a good idea. That's yeah, not bad. And she walks away, clutching the folder uh, back in the direction of the New York Times. And a fucking dragon grabs her. Yeah. <laughs> um, are we heading to the Choo Choo House? Yes. In the afternoon? All roads lead there. I don't know I where else to go. To. I mean, How are we getting there? Taking a cab, train? It's, a, it's too long a walk, but it's a nice day. Yeah. It's actually surprisingly... Uh, it's probably like low 40s. Uh, like- there's still snow all over the place. No place to put it in New York. Cabs, maybe? But I'm I'm, I'm just like... For the sake of knowing, not to overplan, but what are we going to do when we get there? <laughs> yeah, let's get a, let's get in our mode of transportation and discuss this. All right, so you're in the cab. Okay. Where to? Harlem. So a few Juju blocks house. from. No, no, yeah. no. A few no. blocks from. A few blocks from the Juju House, please. Two blocks from the Juju House, coming right up. You <laughs> pick. <laughs> Surprise he knows, us. He knows the Juju House. No, so you tell him like you know. I think it's on like 140 seconds. So a couple blocks away so that you can approach at your uh, own discretion. So he's like, you got it. You're uh, all, is anyone sitting in the front or are you all four squeezed in the back? Might have to, someone might have to be up Somebody's with the driver. In the front. Yeah. All right, Carter's in front. It's pretty crazy weather. It's only in the low 40s right now. <laughs> I, uh, I don't mean to pry, but uh, what happened to your face? Oh, uh, horse, horse hoofed. Uh, a a horse did that to your face yeah oh yeah it's a long story a horse kicked me in the face oh the end you should have a better story than that you should have said you should have seen the other guy no he's missing his whole face it's just a horse it's the other guy (laughs) does it hurt still uh, you know how they talk about like ghost uh, phantom limbs? Phantom limb, I have, yeah. I got a yeah. cousin with one arm. He still feels the arm that he doesn't okay. have anymore. Well, then, yeah. Then you know what? I've got a phantom face. Sometimes phantom face. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I got a little itch. Or what's that? Is that a blackhead? I don't know what that is. And then no, it's a hole. It's a it's an absence of matter. They should really make an opera about it. Mm. An opera? Oh, that sounds good. Or maybe a, a co- comic strip, like one of those Dick Tracy's phantom face. It could be one of the villains. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's a that's a great point. And then we, New York cab drivers, love chatting with people in the car. This cab <laughs> happens to be one of those ones that doesn't exist, where Carter can hit a button and a window goes up. Between <laughs> you're in the front the dri- seat, Chief. Uh, what are the three of you in the back discussing? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like listening to this conversation. Like, well, he's occupied. Um, what? 
<laughs> so I feel like first thing is pool. Is he there? Well, regardless of who's there and who's not, even if they're hidden, first thing is this is the daytime, and, and are we going to encounter? This is normal business hours, so it's not mm. like we can just walk in and sneak in like we did last time, unless we wait for the lunch hour. Yes, I or, mean, we're going to bloody burn the place or down. Or somebody has some ether in a dish rag. Hmm. Go in guns blazing. I mean, if that Nakwane chap is there, he's going to have to be, have to be subdued somehow. Hence um, the ether in the dish rag. Yes, yes, of course. Um, but we told Poole to stay in the um, abandoned place that we were in. So maybe there are clues there. If there was a struggle, if they found <gasps> them, if they're still there and they yes. just haven't... Contacted anyone? Um, that is an excellent idea, Margo. Yes, perhaps we choose that place first and see if if he had been there. Just so. Well, just looks like a storm's coming. Guy looks up in the sky and like what was a beautiful day, like very quickly turns gray. And kukum, you hear some thunder and pitter patter of rain on the cab. Foom, 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 window wash, windshield washes. Hmm. Uh, perhaps as we go by. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, very well. Not foreboding whatsoever. Yes. So we trundle past a movie house that may be showing Phantom of the Opera. It <laughs> 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 came out in 1925 with Lon Chaney. Like, <laughs> like, uh, Did you guys um, see the fandom yet? No, no. I haven't had the pleasure. Um, I'm not into watching movies about people with half masks. <laughs> it's called Phantom Face of the Opera, right? This guy, you can, you can be in it. Oh, you an you're so right. Hey, man, what's your name? My name so is Charlie. Charlie, Charlie Cabs, like they man. call me. Charlie Cabs. Charlie Cabs, I like the cut of your jib, bro. Yep. You too, Charlie. What are you guys doing in Harlem? Uh, well, there's a renaissance. There sure is. There sure is, but it's a little too early to uh, be uh, hitting the hooch, if you know what I mean. A lot of speakeasies up in Harlem. That's where I, I take early. a lot that's of people where, up that's there. That's where you're wrong. Never too oh, early, Oh, I like the cut of your gym. Charlie Caps, are we there yet or what, man? <laughs> oh, it's a long way to go. Just want to make sure you guys uh, did all your role playing in the back seat. Just uh, take place. I'm take taking a long way. What do we want to do Yes. If- oh, uh, what's his fuck is is uh, ah, in the uh, is is manning the the front desk. Here's the deal: the we go in there. Register. I got nothing to fear with this. He's an old man. We fucking deck him. We keep going. Perfect. So what are you guys him? talking about? Huh? Violently, nothing, if necessary. Nothing. You, guys you writing a movie? We're gonna surprise a friend of ours. Uh, you guys have the pictures? We're, we're writing a musical. Yes. Um, a musical, and a, an old man gets decked. Yeah, it's called Deck in the Face. It's going to be yeah. awesome. First thing we do, we check out the pawn shop, guys. I think that was... I, I heard some of that over this guy's chitter-chatter. Mm. We check that out. We move right on in there. If he's standing there, pop, 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 right in his face. Keep going down. we got to find Millie. Right. See if she, she and or Poole are down there. And if not, just... I have a mind to burn the bloody place down. Okay, that works I have a feeling too. if they are down there... Um, if they're down there, they may not be themselves. Oh, here we are. You guys want the uh, the uh, near corner or the far corner? There's nothing really around here. It's a far corner. The far, far corner, corner you is just it. fine, thank you. All right. That'll be uh, two nickels. 
Oh, highway robbery. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks. I can't wait to see this musical starring the Phantom Face. Yeah, uh, be great. Charlie, thanks so much, man. Do you want to take part in the adventure? Off Broadway. Now, you know what? But I'll be around if somebody dies and you need an NPC. My stats are pretty low, but I got a high sanity. See ya. Yeah. Charlie oh, that incorrigible that. Charlie Cavs we haven't heard the last of him I'm sure old Charlie Cavs he immediately crashes into a telephone pole <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh god he's been flung from his feet through the windshield <laughs> we used to do the uh, the really animal house it. ending of this where we see what happened to all the NPCs the Charlie Cavs died ten minutes later <laughs> that was how my sketch comedy group would end 90% of our sketches I, we can, I love that <laughs> No way! I no idea how to end it. Just say everyone died. In doubt, there are no survivors. You're about six and a half blocks from the Juju House. You've got a loose plan here, but like you really don't know what to expect. But coming during the day, you do feel a little bit better than if you were to go in there at night when you've seen a lot of people going in. Um, Although after the damage that you caused there during your break-in, um, you don't really know what the state of that place is because mm-hmm. you haven't been back since you all ran out of there into the night, leaving the door on its hinges. And they may be expecting uh, an incursion from from us. Kakoom! Thunder in the air, and you're getting now like um, the temperature has dropped five or six degrees since when you first got in the cab. It got uh, darker out. You know, it's still daytime, but it's it's darker out. It's gray. It's just one of those dreary, wet New York days. And the snow uh, that's lingering on the sidewalks is now turning into that brown sludge. So it's you're walking through and it's starting to get into your shoes. And so you just feel uncomfortable and cold. You've got wet feet. And you walk about three or four blocks in the direction of Juju House not knowing what to expect when all of a sudden three police cars pull up next to you one comes from across the street and pulls up on the opposite side another one comes up behind you and then one comes up behind that one and kind of wedges in so they're surrounding you and uh seven cops jump out and they don't have their guns out but they all have their hands on their waist and they say stop and we'll see you after this word from our sponsors as we approach uh part two of the season one finale. Um, I have two things. Uh, one, uh, this was a fantastic idea. This is really, really just taken a good time and made it a great time. You're it, Scotch? Uh, yeah, and I'm not, a, I'm not a big Scotch drinker, not a big brown liquor drinker. I've always been a mind uh, that brown liquor makes you prematurely bald. <laughs> um, because I don't drink it, and no. I still have all my hair at 44, where most of my friends love their JMO. Nothing up here. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> it's nice every once in a while, and it really it fits the mood of a Call of Cthulhu really game. Like, you play playing Vampire, you drink some wine. Yeah. Playing Cthulhu, you drink some scotch. scotch. Although I have to go to, to cranberry juice for the second half, because if I, if I drink more scotch... 
I'm going to be taking a nap in the second half. <laughs> no. I had see to, how I do. My pour was so huge that I've brought a, I brought a beer down, but it's in a koozie and it's staying over there for a while. <laughs> the little one and one. Yeah. Uh, nice. That's the first thing I say. The second thing I want to say is, uh, this, this project, uh, the, you know, doing time for chaos is, is something that I, I wanted to do. Like when we were a year away from finishing the flagship, I was like, man, I hope that I can have time in my schedule someday to do a long term, uh, call it the Cthulhu campaign. And it has been incredibly stressful, uh, just because I'm a perfectionist and this game uh, laughs in the face of perfectionists because you can't. You can prepare and prepare and prepare. It really isn't. It's a game that it uh, it fights against preparation because you have to leave room uh, for the players, and so it has been very stressful. It's also a show that, like, I purposefully wanted to do with none of the original uh, cast members that founded the network because as we grow uh, and branch out, I wanted I want to show that we can do things with uh, uh, with whole new casts, and so this was a, a cast that I, 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 I handpicked and all of you said that you were all my first choices. You all said yes. And uh, it has just been such an absolute joy to play with all four of you. And so Aww. I just want to say uh, cheers and thank you for making this experience uh, so wonderful. Look at you um, buttering up, buttering you, us up before you kill us all. Yeah. See, if Please I was drinking brown liquor right now, I would be crying. <laughs> I wish I was. I wish I was. But Troy, right back at you, man. For all that, like, like this world is so immersive. All these characters are so compelling. I care about them all so, so I much. I'm, I see everything so clearly. It's, it's, it's yeah. It's you're doing great, you're crushing it, Troy. Thank you. This well, has thank been awesome. You. Like my, mm-hmm. it's the highlight of my week. Oh, that I love that, and I think it's really resonating with people too. Like people who love this show love this show. It scratches an itch. And I feel like over 20 episodes, we've just, we're in the pocket now and, uh, it's going to be sad to take a break, but that's why I want the, uh, this to kind of go out with a bang Mm -hmm. and it will one way or another. Three police cars pull up on you as you are just like a block and a half, two and a half blocks from the Juju house. Seven cops pop out. Vaughn, you immediately recognize some of them from their shadowy faces when they were accosting you outside of Makunga Madari's apartment where you saw your friend Oberon Doyle walking in. And they're like, "Uh, folks, gonna need you to uh, hop in the cars here. All of you, come on. What, what have we you, done, officer? What, what do you mean, hop in the car? You're all, uh, you're all coming with us, sir. You've Is there been a warned. formal charge, sir? Yeah, or? it's called mopery. Okay, mopery. <laughs> mopery. I'm fairly yeah. familiar with many of the laws that are available to be broken, and mopery is a first. Are you, uh, are you resisting arrest? Because that's what this would be if you don't get in the cars right now. We're Please, we're not arrested, looking to get physical sir? here. Yes, you're being arrested. You've already been warned, sir. There's been a uh, reports of break-ins in the neighborhood and, and people fitting your description. Are there so, other uh, people, Troy, are there pedestrians taking notice of all this or what? Um, as those cars pulled up, like any pedestrians that were on that same side of the sidewalk as you, like crossed to the other side, and then maybe there's like a small group forming on the other side wondering like what's going on. But like d- due to like normal racial tensions in Harlem between the police and the black community there, they're like not sticking around too long. So they're like, look, linger, and then just keep moving. Can we tell this is the 14th precinct by like their cars? All for got sure, the badge, yeah. 14th, 14th on the car. Uh, 
folks, you got to come down with us. Uh, you know, hey, listen, if you're innocent, then we'll let you go. But uh, mopery? I feel like that's pretty obvious right now. I mean, I've, I've had a rough couple a, days. I wouldn't say I'm moping. It's not this, a crime to walk down a sidewalk. It isn't. But when you do it over and over again, and we start hearing reports that people matching your description are doing things you're not supposed to. We've already talked to this gentleman here, and they pointed Vaughn. He has already been warned to stop uh, hanging out in this neighborhood and causing trouble. Now, listen, if you're telling me you didn't cause trouble, that's great. You can tell us downtown. Uh, you're coming to the 14th with us. Let's go. And they start uh, grabbing you and putting you in the car. Oh, dear. Well, they've got guns, and we really don't have as many guns, so I and guess... And we don't want them to know that we have guns, mm-hmm. so yeah. probably should go. Let's go. Right. Put your head. Uh, no handcuffs, but, like, you're all putting... <laughs> a bunch a of car. bullshit! You look up in the windows, and people are just, like, gawking. Are we all in the same car? Are we crammed up? <laughs> it's just like... Oh, God, couldn't you put us in three, three Carl cars? Carl no. Cabs or whatever his name is. is in the- uh, Vaughn's in his own car. Uh, Feyruz and Margot are in their own car, and Carter is in his own car. Shit. Uh, like, Feyruz and Margot are together, and Carter is in his own car. Uh, and uh, as you're driving, the cops just uh, look back at you, Vaughn. We told you. We warned you to stop causing trouble. I know my rights in this country. I can only assume that I'll be proffered a phone call when we arrive at your precinct. You're a long way from home, buddy. We'll see. Lights come up on the four of you, packed into a little holding cell. You have been searched. Your weapons have been taken. Any personal items you had have been taken. And you're just sitting there. (sighs) Hours go by. And if you say anything to the cops... Are Are we all together again? Yeah, you're all together again. Together again. That's absolutely ludicrous. I'm getting hungry. Um... Well, uh, you know, hopefully you'll be out uh, soon. You can get a bite to eat then. Yeah, you going to check with the judge about these mopery charges, or what's... <laughs> judge ain't on no Monday, buddy. Okay. Well, you know who is on that I should be able to communicate with, which is um, <laughs> Sir uh, Sir Gloucester Armstrong at the British Consulate. I should, I should very much wish to, uh, to speak to him. This <laughs> is my right. Oh, yeah? Is he the one that uh, killed uh, Mr. Body in the library with a wrench? Wait a minute. I know you. You're that fucker that worked at the prison. (laughs) There's no use arguing with these people. Oh, no. I got promoted. I work the 14th now. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) These fucking guys, they came to the sing sing trying to talk to the guy that was on death row. No, we all talk like this. Listen, uh, Sir Gloucester, what, what, are you going to make a long-distance call to England? Uh, no, man. You want to make a local? Sure. Not going to be uh, running up charges here no, no, trying no, no. to the, call England. I don't even think you can do that in 1925. The British consulate in New York, damn it. This. Oh, the British consulate in New York. Look at this guy. He knows the uh, Sir Gloucester fuckface. <laughs> Listen, uh, Captain Robeson will be in a little bit. He wants to talk to you. 
was to talk to each and every one of you specifically. Yeah. So uh, when Robeson comes in, uh, when's his shift start today? The guy's like, 10 o'clock. Oh, God. Yeah, Robeson will be in at uh, 10 p.m., ma'am. What? Yeah, so do we so, have to uh, make any phone call at all? Can we call sure. a lawyer? Oh, oh, you want to call oh. a lawyer? You want to lawyer up? You want to bring yeah. lawyers into we this? Do sure. have, we do yeah. have a lawyer we can call. Yes, yes, we would like to call our lawyer. This is bullshit. Hey, uh, look at this one speaks. What'd Bullshit. you say? Yeah. Bullshit? I said it was your face. Bullshit. Oh, it's my face. Oh, you're feisty. You're feisty. Yeah, you want to have a phone call? Sure. And they, like, bring over uh, a phone. You each can make one phone call. Oh, you want to call uh, Sir uh, Goose? What's his name? Goose? Gloucester Armstrong. He's the, he is the current consulate general in New York of Britain. You can look it up. It's real. All right. You know what? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give... Oh, let me try that. Sir Gloucester Armstrong. How'd I do? Uh, oh, my let me God. See. Americans with their joking. It's just not even funny. It's just grating. They just say... Oh, God, can they stop? He's, can we have uh, the phone? <laughs> We called uh, Sir Gloucester and uh, nobody picked up. You want to try again? No. Your secretary he said necessary. he'd take a message. Here. You want to leave a message for the secretary? We want to call our lawyer. I think his name is Carlton Ramsey. I think and that's the guy. Erica Carlisle, maybe. She's our friends now. All right. So obviously, I'm goofing off here, but. Uh, if you, uh, let's see, each of you get one call. So you've got, you know, Carlton Ramsey, you've got Jonah Kensington, you've got, uh, yeah, maybe you want to try and get old Erica Carlisle. Um, each will call, require a luck roll to see if you get a hold of them. Can so, we have a group huddle here, like out of character? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> As we're trying to discuss what we're. Yeah, uh, let us know when you want to make a call. Like I said, Robson will be in a 10. Wants to talk to you. Consulate, great idea. I think Erica Carlisle, I think, might be a Hail Mary. Schosenberg? Wasn't there Elias's lawyer? That's yeah, yeah that's Carlton. Mm-hmm. I think, right? Carlton, Carlton, yeah, I think Ramsey, def- yeah. a lawyer should definitely be on there. Yeah, I think um, that Erica would also have. The problem is, I think Erica would also have to be Vaughn because he's the one who made the real connection there. So mm-hmm. there's also uh, I also seem to make a connection with her lawyer. <laughs> so that's another. That's oh, Bradley Gray. <laughs> Bradley Gray actually could be huge. Yeah. You call that guy. One of us Carl calls uh, Carlton. I guess me because didn't because you. Vaughn I think you spoke Car- to him. Yeah, Vaughn mm-hmm. and Carter were the only ones who, who yeah. met him. Yeah. Um. I can yeah. call Schosenberg. Okay. Yep. Sure. Uh, who would call I call your do? dad? Call I can your call dad. Call my dad, but he's probably gonna dick me over on this thing. But let's 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 this will be our wild card. Call okay. Your dad. Every situation needs a wild card. Uh-huh. <laughs> wild card. Uh, all right. Who wants to make the first phone call, and who is it to? I think uh, I'll call I'll, the lawyers first. Yeah, let me call the lawyer. All right. Um, give me actually a luck. no Vaughn. Yeah, Vaughn. Why don't you do the you do? Uh, Bradley Gray's probably got more clout than Carl. Okay, I'll, I'll call, try to call Brett. Get in touch with Bradley Gray. Okay. So luck roll. Luck roll. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's a twenty-six under forty-seven. 26 under 47. Hello, you've reached the offices of Bradley Gray. <laughs> oh, hello. Um, I, uh, could you um, be so kind as connect me to Mr. Gray personally? This is um, Vaughn Villiers calling. The uh, matter Mr. is somewhat urgent. Uh, Mr. Gray is not in the office today. Um, I could connect you to his home. Oh, shit, it's Saturday. Yes, if, um, 
if you could oblige me to connect him at his uh, home, I, uh, I, I'd, be, I'd be ever so grateful. All right, hold, please. Uh, hello, this is Bradley Gray. <laughs> Bradley, old sport. Sir Villiers, you remember me from the other evening? Vaughn Villiers, as I live and breathe. To what do I owe the pleasure? Um, I wish I could be calling you under slightly more um, uh, <laughs> luxurious circumstances, old man. But, as it turns out, I've uh, got myself in a bit of a predicament. Um, Have um, you? Yes, indeed. It seems uh, I'm currently under lock and key at the 14th Precinct up in Harlem, thrown in the jug, old man, yes. Mr. Villiers, what have you been up to? I don't know if you're aware of this, but imagine me in an ascot right now, because that's what I'm wearing. (laughs) Oh, trust and believe, Mr. Gray. I I rarely imagine you when I imagine you in anything but uh, an ascot. (laughs) I think it'll help paint the picture. You say you're in the slammer in the 14th Precinct. Whatever happened? Mr. Villiers. A miscarriage of justice is what happened, Mr. Gray. Uh, Trumped-up charges of mopery have been placed upon me and four of my compatriots, and we are currently now cooling our heels, um, waiting to be interviewed by a policeman named Robeson, who we know to be corrupt. If, if, um, you could, uh, by any chance, work some of your, um, solicitation and, uh, to free us from our current predicament, uh, our gratitude would know no bounds, and mine in particular... Yes, well, I'm on the island today with some of my friends, but uh, anything for you, Mr. Villiers? I I sense a real connection with you. I would love to uh, help in any way I can. You say you're... Let me get a pen here. Um, uh, You say you're in the (laughs) fort. Son of a gun, they don't have any pens on the island. No, um, you say you're in the uh, the 14th precinct. Um, Is that Harlem? Yes. Mr. Villiers, you've... I'm sure you have quite a story as to how this went down. Uh, yes, sir, I can't wait to tell it to you, uh, Gray, um, when, I, when I'm more at uh, leisure to do so. but um, Perhaps over dinner Monday evening? Yes. Yes, Mr. Gray. I should be delighted to share your company. Well, then I will take care of this post-haste. Now, I can't make any promises, but I do have some friends uh, that work in an adjoining precinct, and I also know a few uh, lawyers that uh, work on the weekend. You know, I will do my best, Mr. Villiers. I wouldn't want you to miss our dinner on Monday. Um, you know what? I will wear the same mascot that I'm wearing right now. I trust that you will. I look forward to seeing it when I'm at, at liberty to do so. It's uh, purple. Hmm. Well, uh, I look forward to seeing your vermilion-hued ascot at, uh, on Monday Eve. Um, until then... Find um, the time. Please, uh, grease the wheels of justice for us, Mr. Gray. I will indeed, Mr. Villiers. And please, uh, do uh, take care of yourself. You as well, Mr. Gray. Ta. <clears throat> A little connection there. He's out on the island. He's a little busy, but he says he's going to take care of it. How fast can this happen? I've got a go date next. with the gray. I've <laughs> got a date, a date with, with a lawyer. Right. Uh, Feruz's dad would love if she went on a date with a lawyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm writing on my water bill. Um, <laughs> who wants to uh, try their luck at another phone call? The fucking Lawyer mosquito number. in my room. <laughs> I don't have a mosquito in me. <laughs> I live. You deserve it. You're having way too much fun right now. It's October. <laughs> I, I think uh, I'll try calling my dad. Okay. Give me a luck roll. Hey, you might not get through. 
And a failed luck roll doesn't mean you don't get through, by the way. Because this is fun. I rolled a 33 under 72. That's hard. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. Hello. That's a that's a full Skype call. That's not even just a phone call. You've somehow invented video chat. I know. Ring. Hello. Hello, Baba. Nadi, who is that? Ferus. Yeah. Is everything all right? Are you okay? Did I call you at a bad time? I sure hope I didn't ruin your evening with that graduate student who I'm hmm. sure was doing her best to earn some extra credit last night. Is this why you called? Is no. this why you called to berate me? There's a fucking mosquito in my house! <laughs> what is it? Are you okay? Are you safe? I'm not uh, here to be chastised by my own daughter. Well, there is something you could help me out with, seeing that we had such a bit of a misunderstanding last night, and there is something you could clear up for me since you weren't about to divulge anything to me as of interest in our previous conversation. I was wondering if you had any connections down at the 14th Precinct in uh, Manhattan. The police? I've... Yes. I mean, we, we know people who are on the inside, but I do not know if they have connections with the 14th precinct. Why, are you in trouble? Uh, I think there's been a little bit of a misunderstanding. Uh, under no circu- no absolute certain charges whatsoever, my friends and I have been taken in for, uh, what was it called again? What was it called again? Mopery. Mopery. I've never heard such a word before in my life. Mopery. Feruz, this is what I warned you about. You are in too deep you're lucky to be in prison. Lucky? Yes. You're probably safest there. You should stay. And what if these people do harm to me? Then what then? When you had a choice to do something to let me out and chose not to do anything, that's going to be over your head. I told you to go home. Well, I, I can't go home if I'm stuck here, can I? So let me ask you this. If I try... To get you out. Will you come home tonight? With bells and whistles, yes. All right. I'll see what I can do. But know this, Ferus. I will stay up all night waiting for you to arrive. If you do not come, I will feel the worst. As you should. Nadi, come on! I opened the Chablis! Oh, yeah. I gotta go. Yes, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I will see you... When did I say? Later tonight. Bye. Oh, the Chablis is perfect. Mm. <laughs> I've you opened won't. the box wine! You I've opened don't. the box wine! <laughs> uh, do you got any cooking, Sherry? <laughs> <laughs> Kate, Rob, who wants up next? Um, I'll go. Little Jack and Jill back and forth. Jack and Jill phone calls. Okay, and you're trying to contact... Carlton Ramsey. Carlton Ramsey. Maybe the best option. He's local. He is your point person. Yeah. Give me a luck roll. That's why I failed it. 
<laughs> oh, no. You've reached the offices of Carlton Ramsey. I'm not in right now. Please leave a message. Yeah, hi, Carlton. Um, I don't know if this works or not or if these things even exist at this point. Um, uh, I refuse for, like, these type of things not to say that answering machines exist. Yeah. Uh, Car- yeah. Carter's just talking into dial tone. Oh. If you get this message... Um, so, is the switchboard operator like, hmm? I'm sorry. He's not here right now. Hold just tell him, Yeah, tell him dragons, uh, imprisonment, uh, mopery, I think... It should all be clear. <laughs> they say that the answering machine was invented in 1935, but maybe someone invented it in 1931, and there's some sort of technology in 1929 that may have done it. Um, so it did not exist, but we'll say that there's like an answering service that would be like, all right, we'll, uh, we'll contact him immediately. Okay, thanks so much. And make sure you got Dragon? Dra- I, I wrote Dragon, okay, yes. Dragon, Mopery, False Imprisonment. Have a good day. Thank you. I, I mean, it's shaping up. <laughs> Margot, no long distance calls to Berlin. Well, da- damn it. Um, she's going to call Rebecca. Schosenberg. Okay, call in the Berg. Give me a luck oh, roll. Yes. Luck roll. Ugh, my luck's not so hot. Okay. Like I said, a luck roll may not mean you don't get through. 75 over 39. That doesn't sound great. Yo. Oh, Rebecca, she she left with a, uh, uh, a horrible smelling man about an hour and a half ago. I, it, it was his body odor and his halitosis. It was terrible, but they seemed to get on. Uh, she, she left with him. They said they okay. were going to Arby's. Arby's. Okay. Yeah. Um, He's treating her. If she comes back, if you see her, just leave a message from Margot, please. Um, we Margo, really need. Margot, please. Margot, sour. Margo. Please leave a message. Ah. <laughs> Got um, it. Margot, sour to. Um. Call the fourteenth precinct. Call, d- uh, just say fourteenth precinct. Fourteenth precinct. Okay. And um, help. <laughs> Help. Got it. Okay. Thank you for the message. Thank you. Have a great day. Goodbye. She hangs up the phone defeated. (laughs) (sighs) And the hours tick. If there's a small window in this area, you just see it getting darker. Are, darker. are we separated or together? No, you're all together in this like holding cell. I'm imagining a cell similar to the final episode of Seinfeld, um, <laughs> where they're all in that really tiny cell in that terrible episode of my favorite show of all time. What a bummer. Way to bring uh, it down. The most existential finale. horror of all is the Seinfeld yeah. finale. Yeah. But it's darker and more grim and more twenties and you're but you're all in there together, small, cramped. They give you water. Um I mean, anytime you ask for food, they're like, ah, sorry, eating Subway. Um, right around quarter of ten, guy rolls in. Of course. And, uh, I mean, God, you've been here now. Like, imagine it's, uh, you know, 12 o'clock when you got picked up. You've been in here for close to ten hours just sitting as time is ticking by, as lives are hanging in the balance. Um, and this guy comes in, and he 
is not dressed like a cop. In fact, he's dressed very nicely. He looks like someone that would be hanging out at the Waldorf Astoria. He looks like a man of means. Maybe he's got a little extra money in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, he is uh, a little bit overweight, and uh, you know he's he's all smiles to everybody. And they're you know when he comes in, a couple of them pull him aside, and they're like motioning towards you. Uh, he's got like a comb over. Um, blondish hair it's, it hasn't even started to gray but there's just not much of it so it's combed over a little rotund but he's dressed in a nice almost like a three piece suit and they're whispering and pointing and he just looks over you at all and smiles and waves then he goes into an office um is that the guy that we saw with the uh, envelope coming out of Juju house no hmm. okay you haven't seen this guy before, so it lets you know that he's probably just sending his underlings to go mm. do his pickups. Does he look at any one of us in particular no. when he waves? No, you are one person to him. I mean, maybe this is Bradley Gray's guy, right? Maybe this is somebody, a friendly person. I know that hope springs eternal with you, Gillinghast, huh? phone rings one of the officers picks it up and uh, he's like I, hold, hold on hold on goes over to uh, the office of that guy knocks on it come in oh he's got an goes, office goes in and uh, transfers the call to the back or whatever you know, a little more time passes. Another phone call comes, and he transfers that call. And you're wondering, like, is this your is this your cavalry helping you out? You're not quite sure, but it's actually just prolonging the time that you get to speak with him. And then uh, he comes out, and now he's dressed like a beat cop, except he's got a nicer uniform, maybe some stripes, and uh, he clears out all the other officers. And uh, he's all smiles with you as he approaches your cell. And he's like, I'm so sorry to keep all of you waiting. Um, Now, from what I understand, uh, you're all just visiting New York City, right? We got uh, one of you's from North Boston and... uh, you're from Arkham, Massachusetts, and then you're all the way from England. And this little lady, you're, you came all the way here to New York City from Germany. Such a long way to come to our great city. But uh, then you came all the way here, and uh, from what I understand, one of your good friends passed away. Passed away shortly after uh, the four of you arrived. In fact, I made a couple of phone calls. And uh, it appears the four of you were at the scene of the crime on the night of the murders and then just kind of fled the scene unexpectedly. And now uh, I'm hearing that you're spending a lot of time in Harlem. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm sitting here. Gab and I haven't introduced myself. My name is uh, Captain Robeson, Captain William Robeson. This is my precinct and... and 
I'm kind of in charge of Harlem. That's how we look at it here. There's a lot of crime here, a lot of riffraff. You know what I mean? And I, uh, I have to take care of it. And uh, normally, good folks like you, I don't bother with because you don't cause trouble up in Harlem. But yet here you are. Time and time again, I keep hearing about the four of you who's kind of butting your nose around where it doesn't belong. And uh, even you, sir, points at Vaughn. My my boys kind of gave you a warning. Didn't take our advice. Hearing about break-ins in the neighborhood. And I don't know if that has anything to do with you, but uh, I got to keep my precinct safe. You understand? So uh, why don't you... Tell me what's going on. And he's all smiles, all like dripping with this gross charm. I won't speak without a lawyer present. Oh, sure. No, we got a couple phone calls about uh, some lawyers. We're going to get in here and, uh, you know, we told them they're welcome to come. You know, I'm sure they'll be here any time now. It's getting late, though. Some of them might decide it's better off just to wait until Monday. Yeah. It's just the problem is, sir, it's going to be a real shame when um, if, when we're stuck in here and we don't get out and our, our friend in the press ends up uh, running with the story about corruption in the 14th Precinct and how it's in conjunction with a bunch of disappearances in Harlem. It would just be a shame if we're still here when... And our contact doesn't hear from us, and you end up uh, getting getting a spotlight shown right on your precious little precinct here. But do what you do what you want to do. His smile very <clears throat> quickly goes away. Oh, also, um, she knows we're here. We called her, or him. We don't know. Could be any any gender. Uh, sure. Gendered person of the press. <laughs> Forget that it's not I suppose very what, equal. What my friends are saying is that we we don't have much information at all to tell you. We've already told everything to the press. And um, from where we're sitting, it does not seem as though there's much cause to have us behind bars. But um, I believe in America you have something called a right to silence. We also might have had some very convincing evidence. Maybe. But it's all hearsay. It's just like he went from super confident to not unconfident, but like there's a, ch- a, a change in his face immediately. And he's like, okay. So much so, to say that if anything were to happen to us, it would reflect quite poorly. Sir. On the 14th Precinct and its administration. You are safe here. Oh, We're I... not animals. We're here to protect, to serve, and protect. Yes. But it doesn't sound like you want to play nice with us. Talking about going to the press, you're talking about corruption. Those are big words, big charges. Why don't we, why don't we open up here? What are, what are we talking about? Or I think we're talking about you opening this door and letting us go about our business. Oh, sure. As that sounds like a great idea. we've done absolutely nothing wrong well, and nothing warranted for us, for you to bring us in here in the first place. You know what, Mopery, it, 
it's uh, it's very common these days. Just hanging out where you're not supposed to be. It's a real charge. And if we wait all the way until Monday, there's a good chance you might get it dropped, or there's a good chance you might get a fine. But either way, you're gonna have to spend a couple of really hard days hanging out here. You can share that toilet though if you have to go. I'm sure my guys got you some water if you're thirsty. Maybe we can get you a loaf of bread from the deli. But it sounds like you don't want to be friends here. It sounds like you want to be a little uh, adversary with me, talking about going to the press and all oh, this stuff. Oh, I mean, it's past tense, sir. The press has been gone to. It's a matter of whether or not we are able to contact them with our own freedom. And Evidence has already been submitted, and if we're uh, not let out because we're we are not being arrested on any charges, any real charges, then I believe the press will have no choice than to print their story on you. Yes, you must be confused, Mr. Remsen. This isn't a situation where we're cooperating with you. This is more are you willing to cooperate with the truth that is going to come out. It's not a matter of if. I'd rather wonder what, what... I mean, if you'd be willing to speak to them, then perhaps... The court of public opinion will go much easier upon Captain Robeson. Yeah, maybe it wasn't Captain Robeson that's responsible for a lot of this stuff. Maybe he had Perhaps a lot of bad agents. Perhaps you're protecting agents. somebody else. Yeah. He gets closer to the cell now. What do you? What do you? What do you think you know? Well, of course we we know that you're. I mean, it was all for money, wasn't it? These things so often are. It would cause one to be derelict in their duty and in the ways that you have. Hey, I'm a good cop, and this is a good precinct. We got a lot of good cops here. Guys have got 10, 15 years on the force. I got 17 myself. I worked hard to gain this position. Do you join any social groups, any extracurriculars? I'm in the Elks Club. I just want to know how hard you guys worked at turning your heads the other way. When people in your own neighborhood, regardless of race or creed, are disappearing. You're okay with that? As long as you get a little green? Okay, I, I see what this is all about. It's about Hilton Adams. Not just him, sir. Listen, Adams is guilty, and he's going to fry for it. You can keep And until this that. recent death, the streets were clean since we locked him up. So don't tell me he had nothing to do with this. We were right to arrest Except him. This they is some copycat killer. Happen. Yeah, one time. Recently, it's some copycat killer. This shit was happening all the time. We arrested him. We sent him to Sing Sing, and then it's the streets are, uh, are free and easy for months. I we did the right him. thing. I you think you wanted him. a scapegoat, and I think you're being paid off to cover up some other secret. Listen, I don't know what you think you know, but things work a little differently here in New York than they might in Boston or England or Germany. Okay? I'm starting to think that you don't know the whole story, Robson. Maybe you are the one in the dark here. Well, enlighten me, my dear. What is the whole story? What do you... I don't even know what you're talking about. Can we... I mean, this is... This is Can we do a psychology sincere? role? Yeah. Like, on that statement, yeah. Like, that he's playing like, dumb yeah. about not knowing. Yeah, mm-hmm. give me a psychology role. All individual. Who's, who's good? Okay. We could all do one. Two! Oh. Was that a good oh or a bad oh? It's not great. Oh. Can we, but we still push should... rolls? We can still push rolls. I mm-hmm. got a 99. Oh. Is that? Oh. oh. What's you your, uh, 
Psychology skill? At 50. Oh, if it's 50, that's not a fumble. A uh, 100 yeah. is a fumble. If it was 49, that'd be a fumble. Oh, okay. I got a 29 um, under 50. Oh, All there right. you go. Okay. What about you, Vaughn? Were you able no. to assess anything? All no. right, so... 30 over 11. I'll spend four to make it hard. A hard to make success. it a hard success? Okay. Yeah. Now we're talking. Take away those four points. And... All right, so you get the sense that... He knows some of what you're talking about, but he's actually... He seems a little bit in the dark about... He isn't just playing coy here, Mm -hmm. I'll say. You know what I mean? Like, clearly he's not saying certain things, but he's kind of fishing to see what you're really talking about. So we can... All right. Like, to see what we're talking about as in... It's like, you know, he think Like, are we talking about the same thing? He doesn't want to say it. Right. That's why he's like, why don't you tell me what you think we're talking about? Like, he doesn't want to say it because he's not sure if if you're talking about the same thing. Like, he knows what he's done, but maybe he doesn't know what he's done. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, should we what go do you know in a about- little more? Yeah, go ahead. Do it. <laughs> what do you know about the cult of the Bloody Tongue? What? Yeah, in Juju House. And what's going on in the basement? Wait, 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 wait. I, first of all, I don't know anything about any cults or any basements. Of course not. Of course not, Mr. Robson. Unfortunately, we have photographic evidence of one of your men receiving a payout from the proprietor of the Juju House, as well as the books that co- corroborate a uh, steady and frequent payout all right, to you. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't know how things go back in uh, jolly old London, but... Uh, this is prohibition, okay? There's a lot of speakeasies in town. There's plenty of cops like myself. Yeah, we get a little bit of payout. It goes it goes all around. All the guys in my precinct get a piece of that, not just to me. And we turn a blind eye to a couple of a couple of places that want to sell some drinks. This is not yes, except every time that these people meet. It's not that they're meeting to get drinks. People are getting killed and people are going missing on the same nights that people are gathering. <laughs> well, I Tonight mean, is you, one you of those pin nights. it all on one, one little speakeasy. You know how many speakeasies are in Harlem? Have you ever this been is why to this, the streets are crawling every Friday night. I mean, I'm it's sure that you do. It's not a speakeasy. I'm sure that you do receive these payouts from numerous uh, establishments of that sort. But have you ever actually attended this Juju House Speakeasy, Captain Rebson? And seeing the wares they have for sale in the basement? No, no, I, I, I work here. I don't spend my free time here. I, you know, they, they take they take care of us, and we, we turn to blind. They're not hurting anybody. I, I have a whole row of places oh, that do this. Oh, I feel what if we so show you? bad for you, Mr. Robeson, because what that means is that when those photographs are published, then the connection that you have not made will be made in the minds of the readers of... The New York Times. Wait, wait what, what photographs? What are, you, what are you talking about? What is what? Is there something else going on at Juju? Photographs. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Well, well, what, of... What's going on down there? Disembowelment the... for one. That means murder, sir, via the guts. All right, th- these are very these are very strong charges. You have to understand, okay? And 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 and, and first of all, if I had known something like that was going on, we wouldn't be taking uh, money from them. But second of all, you got you got to prove this. You can't just walk in yeah. here and tell me like, oh, you're taking money from this place and they're killing people down there. We well, have luckily, photos. The press has photos. Yeah, and guess what? Other cops have been involved, and other cops may already be dead. What other cops? My 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 men. 
Lieutenant I should hope you Poole. know if it was your men. Lieutenant Poole of the other precinct. Poole? Whatever. The tent. Poole in yes. the tent? Ten- yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Poole is a pain in the ass. He's actually uh, a trustworthy uh, man. Something you might want to look into. All and right, all right. Jeez. We told him all about this, and he went to check it out with a couple of his other cop buddies. Whoa. He's been missing for three days. Yes. All right. Oh, hold on. You tell me, Poole is out working outside of his jurisdiction? He's uh, trying he... to save lives, unlike you, pal. I tried to stay away from the mopery charges of pool right now. We're telling you that dead people, people that are dying, are dying in the bottom of Juju House. All these people that have gone missing are down there. We have photographic evidence of it. You have taken a part in covering that up, whether you know it or not. I haven't taken part in anything. I didn't know anything about this. But the press already has photographic evidence and so you whether you like it or not if we do not go there tonight if you do not see this yourself then come tomorrow if we are harmed in any way then the press is going to release this and you are going to be implicated in it whether you like it or not there are two options before you mr robson you can either be dragged to the press and destroyed or break up what's happening at juju house and be a hero and you have to make that choice right now because it's going down tonight Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Carter's just in the back, like, snap dancing. (laughs) We're putting on a musical later. I didn't think this would go this way. This is the the difficulty with a game like this. Your role play is so convincing and excellent. (laughs) It's hard to call for a role, but I want to call for a role anyways. And I'm not saying that the result of the role is the result of, like, now. I'm not going to go. It's just, let's just see what happens. Because sure. that's the beauty of this game. Failed rolls are just as beautiful as successful rolls. So who wants to roll a uh, a persuade? I mean, I don't really think you're charming this or guy. Maybe, maybe an persuade intimidate. Yeah, maybe intimidate. Sure. You're definitely cockier than he thought. Does have intimidate? No. <laughs> Is that um, even a skill? 15 and intimidate. Yeah, I've got a 15 and intimidate. 50 and persuade. Yeah, I'm better at persuade. Me yeah, too. persuade Ooh. sounds good. Who's What are each of everyone's persuade skills? Uh, so low. I got a okay. 65. Ooh. Yeah, I don't want to call for a group persuade and penalize you uh, for taking, taking the lowest, but uh, the best of you can roll it. Okay. Where is it on the sheet? I'm, I'm totally lo- I've totally lost it. It's on under- the top right. Yeah. Top right for persuade, and then middle, middle for intimidate. All right. Middle, middle. Middle. <laughs> I, am, I have very bad scores in both. Okay. But you say you have a 65 there, uh, yeah. Rob? Let's try it. Robo! Don't forget, we got push and we have luck. Yep. I got, I got an 87, which is okay. pretty bad. So I'm going to push it. Okay. Tell uh, me what you're doing differently in your tactic. And it's just, it's kind of pedantic, but, like, that's what the push is meant to okay. be. Okay, all right, all right. Vaughn, I mean, Carter is like, listen, my first attempt to persuade you might not have worked. But you don't want people to end up like this. And he, I take my mask off. <laughs> okay, that is how you push a roll. Oh, God! Have we ever seen you without your mask on? No, I don't think you've taken it off. I think I made a joke that I came in hungover with a mask on the other side of my face, mm-hmm. but that's, uh, I want to erase that from the record. Uh, yeah, I mean, even then they might have been like looked away, yeah, yeah. but here this you full fully on, expose it. Full on, just. Oh, I love it. Okay. Carter's That's making. how you fucking do it. Great. 
Good job. 24. There it is. <laughs> and he's just like, ah, he's like looking into a hole. He might even have to roll a sanity check. But he fails. He's like, listen, I, 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 I didn't want to get anybody hurt. Okay, I, I, I got, I got a family. I got, I got kids. I was just, we were just trying to make a couple extra bucks. I, uh, turning a blind eye. I don't care what these people do. But just as long as the streets are safe, we thought that the, you know, uh, we, we, we got the right guy. We thought we got the right guy, and so we, we locked him up, and everything was fine. You're telling me that the, 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 the Juju house is the one that's been causing all this trouble? Yeah, and now Lucas other cops house. might be dead. All right, your but, brothers. But, but are you? But you're. If if I've if, let's all right, let's say brass tacks. Let's brass tacks here. If I'm able to to possibly help in some way, um, maybe you could. We could avoid all this public stuff that would make us look bad. Okay, because there's no, there's nothing in it for me. If I'm if I'm just just helping you, and and I'm gonna end up uh, on my ass after all of this. You understand? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm open to considering, uh, you know, some sort of amicable agreement here, but I need to know that I'm not going to be uh, put out after this. Robeson, we have simply told a story to the press. If you add details through your actions that amends and changes that story, then you shall write yourself a different part. Yeah, from one grifter to another. We got your back if you help us out. Okay. I put the mask back up. Okay. Um, all right, what time is it? He looks at his watch, and it's like quarter to one. My God. Son of a bitch. He's like, it's so, almost too late. What do you mean it's almost too late? They, they do this stuff now at night? They do this yes, now. Yes, there is the something with the, the new moon, and that's when people go missing, and tonight is the new moon, but you kept us in here. I got, and I got we th- might be missing it. I got like three guys I can... Can spare. I gotta keep somebody here. Um, he's thinking. He's like trying to like rack his brain on. We need to go. Take us with you. We need to all go. He's he's like wh- you gotta imagine. He's weighing all of the possibilities of like what if they're full of shit. Uh, what if I lose this source of income? What if I fuck this all up and it spreads across town that like Robeson's not on the take? It's like Serpico shit. When Serpico doesn't want to take the money, they're like, all right, well, if, fuck you, man. If we are indeed full of shit, then we just come back here and you hold us for the weekend. I got a better idea. You come with us, okay? And I'll tell you why you come with us. Because I'm going to bring... I'm going to bring three of my men. I can spare three of my men. You think that'll be enough? No, but it's, we'll take what we can get. Yes. Right, but these are my three of my three of my best men. They work the shift with me. Um, we'll take three of my men, and you come too. But you stay in, you stay behind. And I'm going to tell you why you're going to stay behind. Mm, because nice. if I go in there, go go knocking down this door, breaking, breaking in, guns blazing, and there's nothing going on in there, I'm going to turn right around. And I'm going to take you right back here. And your lawyer friends and your reporter friends and all these people that have been bothering my guys over the past couple hours, they're not going to hear back from you because I'm going to send you downtown, okay? And then there's going to be a lot of red tape to try and find you, and I'm not threatening you. This isn't a threat. I'm just telling you how this is going to work. We're all going because I'm not going to look like an asshole. They've been very good to me. Well, 
It's a kindly old man that works this shop, and you're telling me all this, and, I, and I've just got to go on your word. I'm not yes. saying I don't believe. Well, I'm not saying I don't believe you, but you got to understand, I got to protect my interests as well. So we'll all go to Juju House. Sounds great. All right. Okay then. And he uh, storms out, goes like past his office out into the lobby area, and there's just like a, a hustle and bustle with cops being like, blah, 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 lawyers, blah, 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 New York Times. And uh, a uh, officer who you haven't seen before comes up and he walks up to your cell and unlocks it and opens it and he's just he doesn't look like a rookie cop but he's young he's a young guy and he's just looking at you you can tell that Robeson told him things and he's just really trying to read you like they taught him at the academy our things do we get our things uh, uh chief uh, we give them their weapons back and stuff and he looks at all of you. I look at him and I go, if you might need all This is true. He's like, they were all heavily armed, Cap. One Put of us shot a shotgun. Put it in the trunk. Um, and he said, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got three guys. So he's like, yeah, sure. Sure. They're not going to kill a cop if we decide to uh, bring them in. Now listen, if anyone goes down there, are we so sorry? Are we out? Can I, can we keep? Is Robeson around? I want to. Yeah, make sure you're like all oh, getting your shit. You're getting your go bag. Yeah, ACDC yeah, yeah, Thunderstruck yeah. starts playing. Nice. Cuts a lightning over Harlem. Right. And Carter's like, whatever you see in the basement, do not open the hatch that's down there. Trust us. He looked, Robeson's guys are looking at him. He said, oh, but what do you mean the hatch? What hatch? What's, what's, what's going on down there? There's a yeah. kid in that basement. Now. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah. They should it's about know. taking out the people down there. All right, all right. Uh, don't open the hatch. And don't open fire unless you're under duress. We're, we're, we're just going to go down there and uh, arrest these guys if it looks like they're doing if we see any evidence of uh, of, of wrongdoing uh, let me ask you this though uh, before we head in there and they're like all grabbing their guns and uh, getting suited up putting on their winter jackets they're like He's like, I, he's like, I've been, you know, I, I don't do the pickups, but I've been, I've been in Juju House. It's a small place. How many guys did fit in there? It's in the basement. The, there's a basement of that there's place? A there's a hatch on the counter. You there's have to ask to see the basement. Ask to see the basement? What the fuck are you talking about? There's a, what's, That's what's, what's, where this? they meet. That's where what? we found the bodies. That's where... All those photo, all that photographic evidence is from the basement. Right behind that counter, there is a hatch. If it's there's open, you'll have to go down. If not, you may have to break it down. Yeah, there's no yeah. lock on it. At least there wasn't before. Is there a staircase or? A... Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, big staircase or? Quite. Slow. I think. I think fairly narrow. I think it was a sir. single file. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It's going right. to be a tight uh, space, but that's where they're conducting all of their 
nefarious businesses. Yeah, here, Carter Carter grabs a, is there like a piece of paper on a desk? Just kind of like draws the corridor, the door, the next room, almost as if it looks like it's in roll 20. (laughs) (laughs) Every square here is a five foot square. Oh, wow, that's great. This is to scale? Yeah. Um, Yes. All right, is there a, is there a place where you can be? Uh, just kind of in the back. I want to. I want to keep you uh, behind us. Yeah, we'll be in the store. We'll be your backup. We can stay a, behind you. Yes, you're not our backup. You're we there. We are the mystery squad. People are talking about. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to think this through, and you can tell like he's he's calling an audible here because you're threatening his livelihood, you're threatening his reputation, and you rolled a convincing persuade. So he's like, uh, just going on the fly here. He's like, all right, all right, you, whatever you got to do, just stay. You do not come in there, okay? We're gonna Listen. take care of this. We're the police, and if there's nothing going on, I'm gonna turn around. I'm gonna haul your ass right back here. Captain, you understand? when you see the things that we've seen down there, when once you see those things, you're gonna thank your lucky stars that we're right behind you, aiding you. He looks at you like, all right, honey. This, this is Harlem. We, we, we've seen some shit. Not like the shit we've seen. No. All right. Let's go. And you fucking leave with <laughs> Captain William Robeson. Three overnight beat cops. Never Not would I have how thought. I thought this was going. <laughs> And the, the mystery squad. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of the game. The mystery squad and four cops. Jupin! Thunderstruck! <laughs> there is this, like, you know, that, like, post Christmas snow where it's just a flurry and it's cold, but not pierce bitingly cold uh, on the East Coast. And it's almost beautiful, especially in New York with the street lights or street lamps here. And you see the, you just, the only way, way you know it's snowing is by looking up at the street lamps because you see those little dots mm-hmm. coming through. And that's what this night is. It's like oddly calm and warm. Not physically warm, but warm in your heart. And you walk in the direction of the Juju House with these cops who 10, 12 hours ago arrested you for mopery, which was a real charge in the 20s. It's like loitering. It's like loitering? Straight out of the book. I mean, mopery uh, during the time of the Great Depression seems like it goes hand in hand. Yeah, it's like a made-up charge just to be like, ah, come on. Isn't that what fucking uh, Rambo gets arrested for at the beginning of Rambo? It's basically mopery. That's what that is. Hey, come on, man. Turn around. He's like, fuck that. I want a sandwich. Uh, Mopery. Um, Now it's like, by the time you get there, it's after one. You've been there watching the Juju House this late at night. You know this is when, like, all these people came. But, like, a lot has happened since the first time you staked out Juju House. A lot has happened, and you fucking went in there like bulls in a china shop, killing zombies, knocking down doors, tossing shit all over the alcove, like a real mess. Well, you get there now, and we just see our view coming up to the alley like uh, Mulholland Drive going to the back of the restaurant. But instead of turning and seeing that monster guy 
we see the alley. It's just that long alleyway that ends in a single door, and it's a new door. What was once a, you know, nothing fancy wooden door is now like a, 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 a maybe an iron door oh, uh, or like wood with iron reinforcements. The whole original door is gone and there's a new door in its place. There is no one standing outside. You look and that little window that has a couple curios in it and the the hours for the store is dark. Robeson looks back at you. So you're telling me there's somebody in there? It's not just the old man sleeping? Yeah, there's something in there. In the basement. <sighs> right. No matter Start what walk. he says, insist to see it. All right. Are we... Are we... Are we supposed to wait here, sir, or where can we... You can, uh... Yeah. You wait here. Stay here. We'll take care of this. Let the police handle this, okay? But don't go too far, because I'll tell you right now, I'll find you. I know you were at the Waldorf Astoria. Yep, still there. Hmm. Yep. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll find you. And he uh, leaves you at the mouth of this alley as they walk towards the door. And you're just seeing this. You see the little door to the pawn shop not too far away as these four cops walk up. And they're, you know, walking slowly, but not like guns drawn type of thing. They're just walking up thinking like, what's going on here? It looks like a quiet little antique store that's closed. Um... Robeson gives a nod to one of his guys. And guy's like, boom, 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 boom. Tells him to knock again. Boom, 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 boom. It's like, there's no answer. You, th- uh, you sure you think something's going on in there? Oh, yeah. You guys you have a battering ram or... Yeah, we got a ram. We brought a ram. Uh, One of the guys got like this. Uh, But it's like, hold on, hold on. Let me just see if we can. uh... Um, Hello, Mr. Kwane. This is Captain Robeson. Uh, We just got to chat real quick. He puts his ear to the door. It's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird sound. It's very faint, but I definitely hear some. But does it sound like? I don't know, it just sounds like... It sounds like singing. They're down there. The hatch is open. That's not singing. All right, all right, all right. Put stuff in your ears. Can you get a little something? Maybe put some stuff? We're fine, we're fine. It's like, we'll just, we'll break it down. uh, They probably didn't bring a battering ram, but like, they know how to improvise. And so they just, uh... He looks at you one last time. He's like, you stay there. While we stay here, can, like, Margo's getting paranoid at this point. Like, can I take a, like, just look around, make sure no one's, like, watching us? Because we're at, like, the opening of the alley while yeah. they're down there. Um, I guess spot hidden while this is happening. Yeah. Uh, 
a six <laughs> under oh. 62. Ooh. It's eerily quiet on the street. There aren't even uh, passers-by. Last time you were here, there were at least a couple winos bouncing about, making noise. There's no one. I do not feel good. We should go in right after them. I think we, yes, we give it a few minutes and then we do go in after. I think you less, yeah. Let's just get, let's just take up the rear. As soon as we don't see them, just right. slowly start walking up. Mm-hmm. You know, in the war, the first, the first wave that would go over the top, you'd very, that was just to soften them up. You'd very rarely see them come back. Why do I get the feeling that we are sending these men to certain doom? Because we are. All the more reason why we should absolutely follow them in there, because if we catch them harming these police officers, and we need to get evidence of that, Margot, because otherwise they're going to just pin that on us, probably. Photographs, photographs, yes. Um, yeah. I think we you should see one of the cops is like he's jammed something in there and he's jimmying in it like <sighs> ropes it ropes it let us come let us come with you don't get the fuck back man we got this we're you cops don't. you don't have this well, ma'am you send them down I'm gonna have to ask you to wait we've got this right. it's fine I know these guys too if they're doing something they're not supposed to I'll take care of it <laughs> the guy pops the door and just it opens and you can see from where you're standing like the store that all four of you have been in now multiple times it's just complete darkness and he's like where's the uh, behind the counter behind the counter yes can we show you now stay stay oh, back oh there's going to be another door with a lock on it once he gets down there remember remember Carter that you had the oh the yeah oh, shit. I think I got a key still before you toss the key down the thing, guy picks it up. It's like, all right, stay there. And uh, they all go in. And you can see, like, you're far back at the end of this long alleyway, but you see uh, the three uh, guys go in, and then Robeson goes in. They got flashlights, and they're looking around, and now their guns are out. Um, and they're like, uh, police, uh, 14th. And you and you see them looking. You see just the flashlight beam going around and just masks and fucking knives and like decorative knife and things vases and but no people and then you see that beam of light go on the behind the counter like disappear behind the counter so you know they've seen the um hatch and it looks like they're like kicking stuff out of the way to get to the hatch but then uh ropes and it's like motioning the men to go down because you remember it's a like super thin single file mm-hmm. type situation and so one by one each of the cops go down and Robeson follows right after them and then there's just this long silence like our view it's like a Kubrickian long view from the end of this alley into this shop and just silence and what happens next 
all happens at one time. Suddenly you hear this mix of like, it almost sounds like music or, or, or singing. And, and then like it's, it's combined with a wailing, like, ah, and screaming that seems to echo out of the mouth of this store. Uh, and then it's followed, uh, almost immediately by the distinct sound of several gunshots. Just bah, 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 bah. Um, Half a dozen or a dozen, you can't tell. It all happened at once. And then after those gunshots, there's this pause again, this like silence that's followed by this stampede as suddenly dozens of bodies start like, you see them start coming up and, and like piling out of the store, rushing uh, in your direction, uh, like out of the store. And it's, it's, it's mo- it looks like mostly men. Obviously, it's dark. It's just the moonlight. The, the street lamps are behind you. There's a couple of women, uh, and th- they appear to be mostly African-American, but not all. Um, but they're all completely naked from head to toe, with the exception of the headband, the same headband of the three men that killed Jackson Elias. It doesn't look like the mummified tongue. It just looks like a little felt band, but naked as the day they were born. And they're all just like, ah, 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 running toward you. Um, what do you do? Everyone they, hide. Jump behind the dumpster running, to wait, split they, to let them running pass. like they're attacking, or are they running like they're, they were held captive? They're, they're like running, running like away. they're escaping. Right. I say we duck out of the way. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. (sighs) They're all like clutching bundles of clothing, it looks like, but they're just, they look like they're running away. Pop, pop! In the background. So you just duck out of the way? What do you do? Anyone we recognize? I don't want to get lurid here, but is the sense that they were in some sort of like a blood orgy, or are they more like captives? But you see with the orgies. Yeah. Spot hidden. Can we also like spot hidden for like if we see Millie Adams among them? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Everybody roll spot hidden. See what you see. Obviously, it's dark of the moonlight here. Hard successes are what you I really want, but give me what you get. 26 under 80. Hell That's, yeah. That is a hard success. What uh, yeah. else? Roll the 67. Si- oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry. I have 41 under 62, so not as good as Feyre's. Okay, but a, a regular success. 67 Vaughn. under 75, so the least good. Okay, okay but still uh, a success. I failed, so Carter's just like, oh shit, I stepped in gum. <laughs> <laughs> in um, the snow? Carter. Yeah. Alright, this is snow what... Uh, uh, so Vaughn and... Uh, so Car- Carter is just like... I imagine it's like, ah, God! Like, it's just a deluge oh. of dozens of naked bodies come running at you. You're probably overwhelmed by this, whereas Margot and Vaughn are, like, really trying to hone in. And, I mean, you don't see Millie Adams, but, like, you don't... You can't make out any faces. Um, you just... You're looking, and it doesn't look like these people uh, are have been abused at all. 
That's all I will say. Like, they don't look abused at all. They look like just regular, average day people that are running away from something. The one thing that you notice, Feyruz, with your hard success is one of them is like, uh, he's a, a little bit in the back, black guy, uh, completely naked, and he's holding his stomach, and like blood is squirting out from between his fingers like he's been shot. And he's just like, he's like stumbling out. He's holding like a pair of pants, and that's it. No shoes, no nothing. Thing. And they're just all running. Uh, they're running past you. If if you get out of the way, I don't know what you're doing. If he's slowed down from being shot, I want to try to talk to him real quick. Okay, yeah, like he's 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 a, he's a little bit slow. And what do you do? What have they done to you? Who did this to you? The cops. The cops are here. We gotta go. What were you doing down there in the first place? We gotta go! They interrupted the ritual! What ritual? And he throws up. So these are cult members. Yeah, and he like throws up and like passes out uh, with his face like in the gutter. Oh. Well, I think this is a good time to go inside. Yes. There's this still a couple stragglers, but for the most part, like it seems like this, the initial onslaught of people running out yes. has ended. Um, and and Va- Vaughn's immediate thing is like, if they're firing indiscriminately, then that means that if Millie Adams is down there, then she's in danger of being being struck by by those bloody cops. Um, Two cops come running out now, and you see their eyes are like bulging out of their heads, and one and they've got their guns pointed, and they're like. Eh, eh, Get him. One of them just like tackles a dude, boom, into like a bunch of trash cans. The trash cans go everywhere. And he's like, stay, stay down, stay down. And the other guy like runs past you and like puts a gun in your face. It's like, they're all over the place. One of they're them's all in over the, the place. One of them's in the snow right over there. We gotta get out of here. What was That's down there? What was the down place. there? We gotta get out of here. And he just runs chasing one of those guys down the street while the other guy's just like, boom, boom. Boom! Pistol whipping one of the dudes in the uh, trash cans. And now the door is just wide open and no other bodies seem to be coming out. I'm going to go in. Okay. All right, guys. Hey, listen. If I see Farouz go, then I go. Yeah. uh, Can we we do... Is there any way we could makeshift some sort of earplugs? Uh, You you guys remember the shit that we heard down there? That thing's open. There's gum on your shoe. You could use that. All right, guys. This is super gross. I'm putting some of this gum in my ears. Who wants some gum? No, thank you. All right, Carter's putting some stuff in his ears. I'm going to look around. Probably there's probably tissues in one of our pockets that I'm going to like kind of wad up and use that. Sure. I just was trying to see if Carter was actually going to put use. He did it. Yeah, yeah. This is a great idea, guys. I think yeah, like uh, Vaughn like pulls a handkerchief out of his pocket. It's probably cost like twenty five whole dollars, and like uh, he's just like rips it in half and is like maybe packing a little bit. Oh, it's gently lace. Margo gets some paper, I guess. <laughs> Margo scraps trash, or perhaps I can German. I can pass you remnants of the of the handkerchief. Sure. If, if we're all. Um, I wonder what it means to interrupt the ceremony. Okay, let's go. Um. So the four of you walk toward Juju House. That cop is just like, 
<laughs> just pounding time. this body, and, and the body's no longer moving. Ugh. And uh, you see that guy, the guy behind you is face down in the gutter, dead, and there's just there's just the cacophony of screams in the distance as all of these naked bodies just spread out over 136th Street. Yeah, but no sign uh, of Robeson yet. No sign of Robeson. Those were two of the, the cops that came with him. Um, you walk towards the door. As you approach the entrance into Juju House, you hear sounds that you didn't hear when you were at the end of the alley. It sounds like wailing... And, and, and but also moaning it's like all overlapping sounds of like, but then you hear why why it's just this massive cacophony echoing up the staircase because you don't see anyone inside the store um, but it's it's coming up and it's mingling to create this sound that is just highly unnerving what do you do Carter just turns to everybody and he's just like, listen, guys, whatever happens, it's, uh, I love you guys. Is that weird? I'm sorry. Mystery squad for life. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, let's go. Loading let's go try weapons. to help something. Not weird at all, old man. If it's not, your- I can go first and put my hand out with my camera to take a picture just in case we all lose our minds at what we see. Brave, brave sour. Yes, him. It's just my hand. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Margot's going hand first. <laughs> just uh, a little. Around the corner. Boop, boop. Weapons out, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure. All right. Weapons mm-hmm. out, readied firearms. Loaded. Margot. Shot off shotgun in one hand. Yeah, maybe Polaroid should go the first with the, sh- with the fucking shotgun. Let's talk party order here. You know that staircase is single person wide going down. The hatch is open. And you see as you go in, there's clothing, like in piles, all over the floor of the main store. Shirts, pants, overcoats, hats, shoes. Shirts, coats, overcoat, pants, shoes. Woman's dress, uh, high heels, fancy Hat. Gotta be naked for that orgy. Yeah. Well, Have you ever uh, had a clothed orgy? When in Rome. It's so frustrating. <laughs> when in Rome. Vaughn's interesting. Vaughn with his 17 We should all take our clothes off. No. We gotta talk party order. Very all thin. Right. All right. Margo's going first. I have a firearm. I'll go second. Does okay. anybody else have. I, write this I have down. a knife. I have a fancy knife. I also have a firearm. I guess I'll go third. Margot, followed by Feyruz, followed by Vaughn, followed by Carter with a knife. Margot, you start walking down. That sound, that... (laughs) It's becoming a little bit clearer, but you still can't suss out... Is this one person? Is it 50 people? You saw dozens of people run out. You see at the bottom of the staircase, because there's light, like flickering torchlight coming into the uh, the bottom of the stairwell, 
Like the staircase itself is pitch black, but the chamber below has been lit. You remember seeing like sconces on the wall to hold torches. Well, clearly there are torches in place. And you see at the bottom of the stairwell um, two naked bodies face down, like right at the bottom of the stairs. And it looks like they've been trampled to death. Um, And remember, this hallway itself was like floor to ceiling covered with symbols that were incomprehensible to any of you. And the deeper you got into this chamber, the more symbols you saw and the stranger those symbols got. Well, now there are two dead bodies that are just like have footprints on them and they're just fucking dead. You'd have to step over them to get into the room. But flickering torchlight is like got dancing shadows on the wall above them. What do you do? So she approaches the door and, or the, yeah, the opening of the door and doesn't go in front of it or go in, but she just stands near it and uh, like reaches her hand out from her with the camera like in front of the door and takes a picture really quick. You stick your hand out. You want to do a like a sleight of hand to see if nobody sees you? Sleight of hand. Hey, maybe there's nobody in there. Here's the um, other adventure. If that's what, what you want me to roll, I could do that. Or photography. Are you, all right, I'll do photography. Last there time we you were having trouble down there, I made you do photography rolls because it was so dark. Now you're just trying to, like, can I do this sneakily? Yeah. Give me that photography roll. Okay. Use those skills. 15 under 50. Yeah, take the yeah. shit out of that photo. <gasps> All right. So God, I'm sweating. I imagine you get down there and you look down and there are just two tramp. I mean, you've seen a body that's been trampled to death. I mean, it's really gruesome. It almost looks like inhuman in the way that they've been squashed by this mass of people that ran out over them. You stick your finger or your hand out around the corner to try and take a picture and the second that you I don't know how photographs work back then but you take the photo you hear bang a single gunshot what do you do all of you hear that bang 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 is there like a? Is there like a rick? Like, does it look like a bullet was fired in our direction? Like, is there a no. bullet hit, or it's just the sound? No. Right when you took that picture, there was a bang. Do we see like heard gunshots already? Cool. But we do like a listen roll to hear like yeah, we better hear what's going well, on. Well, we got the stuff yeah. in our ears. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, oh take a penalty die. I'll take it you out. Take him out to do a listen. I'm leaving mine in. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> uh, you take him out. <laughs> And you put it back in. I don't hear anything useful. I'm trying I like to find the idea where... that we all have like it's it... middle bottom. Oh, ooh, okay, hold on. There we go. Middle bottom. Uh, I rolled a 15 under 65. You take him out. So you're hearing this, this overlapping sound now that you're super close. You're right behind Marco. So you really hear this. That bang pops out. Still echoes. And you're listening. And would you roll again? 15 under 65. 15 under 65. All right. So that's uh, at least a hard success. Maybe mm-hmm. extreme. Um, you're listening. And you hear 
character, like a deep man's voice. It's just like... uh, 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 uh. Do I... Is it a voice that I recognize? No. And that doesn't mean it isn't someone you've met. Right. But like, you've never heard that laugh before. It's your dad. Or is it? Ooh, I don't like that. Maddie, come back. Somebody's laughing. I hear laughter. Like, and like, not the jovial kind. Creepy. It was creepy. It's creepy laugh. Yes. Shit. I think this might be worse than the zombies. Um, yes, what do we do? Do we go in? We have to and destroy it, damn it. I'll, I'll we find have to go in there. We have Adams to go in and see what happens. Let's go. Let's go. Be ready. Okay. Be ready um, to fire. These these sconces, Troy, with the torches, right? That's in this hallway that we're about to enter. No, they're in the room just sending sh- like uh, okay. dancing light right. over okay. the dead bodies. And I yeah. thought I remembered, and tell me if I'm wrong, was there a lamp... In this in this stairwell, there was there was there? yes, good rem- good memory. Yeah, grab and that. if that's got some flammable oils, perhaps. Excellent idea. Mm-hmm. God, good memory. Yes, it was hanging right over the nice. bottom of the staircase. In fact, it's hanging right over those dead bodies. But uh, maybe the rush of people uh, to get out put that flame out. However, it's still full of oil. So, so Margo, take that. do you enter the room? Should we try to yell out first, or should no. we just... No, no, no we, we don't want to... We can't give it away. We have to ambush. Ambush. So we're just going to run in? Yes. Not run. We can walk. We can so I'm going to run in there, and you're going to come behind me? We're all yes. behind you. We got you. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. You're the okay. one with the shotgun. We you know go and run into the room. Why don't we go to the map? Okay. Oh, no. no. There's no need. Why don't we go to the credits? <laughs> to the end credits. The game saves the day. Uh, there's Margu. There's Feyruz. There's Vaughn. There's Carter. You're all standing at the edge. Are you guys see this or am I? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I just gotta adjust. Um, I forgot. I was so excited. I forgot all about the map. Um. Okay, so maybe we should go in one at a time, and just in case what we see is too much for all of us to handle. I mean, and I think we... just give a peeky. I'll give a peeky. Someone give a little, a little peeky. We don't have you to burst do in. You can do this. You could do this, Margo. Okay, peeky. Just, just look, uh, okay. Margo. I give a little peeky. Give me a stealth, Margo. And here's what I'm gonna say: is if you fail the stealth, you all gotta go in. Right. Okay. Where's this? Okay, stealth. Not bad. Let's see. A two under 37. Damn, your rolls tonight are hot. <gasps> God. It's my slippery, sweaty That's hands. That's a nice roll. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, I've been instructed to clean up my fog of war. Um, <laughs> all right, so you peek very carefully with a two around the corner and... Oh my god, is it a scene in there? You're looking, you can't really look all the way to the right where that pit was, because you're just kind of peeking in past the door, and you see bodies all over the floor. 
um, more than half a dozen of them are completely naked and just like there's like little pools of blood right next to their bodies uh, you think oh they've been shot you see one of the policemen like uh like wrapped up with one of the naked bodies and they're both lying in just a pool of blood and then you see the old man Silas Nakwane and he is about six feet away from you and he's on his hands and knees and it looks like he has he's like holding his stomach with two hands and he's old and he's naked and he's crawling and um he looks up and he sees you and he's got two bullet wounds in his chest and he looks up at you and he just coughs up blood that goes all over his chin and then he just like points at you and says something in a a language you don't understand and then collapses to the floor. You can't quite see, but someone is moving in the room. At least one person. <laughs> Come. Uh, she unpeaks <laughs> and tries to tell everyone what she saw, like, there's someone still, there's someone still in the room, still laughing, saying, come in, Silas is dead. Where's Captain Robeson? I don't see anyone alive in there except for one person, perhaps moving about the room, laughing. What about That's the, what I heard. What about the hatch? Is the hatch thing I open? I can't see that far into the room. I'm just... But you still hear this. Sounds like it's open. Okay, it sounds like it's open. Should we... Usually you don't want to be invited into a room. I'm going to burn it. Just cover me. Get out of my bloody way. I'm going to throw this thing into the pit and burn it. All right. Vaughn's amped. Let's go. Do you charge past us? If, if you allow me to. I'll still follow closely behind, we'll s- like, just yeah. in case to have your back. We'll follow you in at that point. So is Guns the plan. drawn, flanking him like like yeah. the mystery squad would. Yeah, so like tiny knife, <laughs> tiny knife, butter I, knife. I want to see the artwork on a t-shirt. <laughs> butter knife that still says Waldorf Astorian. <laughs> mystery squad. <laughs> yeah, this uh, will show him. So the plan is for Vaughn to sidle past Feyruz and Margot, rush into the room, and on his command, all of you come in and flank out, and you are to, well, we'll see what happens. So you do that. <laughs> and you see what Margot saw. Bodies all over the floor. Now the body of Silas Nakwane. Not moving. But, like I said, six feet away. Just a pile of blood on either side from two bullet holes. You look past him. There's a lot going on in this room. Yeah. You see Captain Robeson lying on the floor, 
with his own gun in his mouth and the back of his head is completely blown out. And standing above him is a tall, bald, ripped African man wearing only a, a long feathered robe, a feathered robe which Feroz and Margot and Carter saw hanging in the alcove. He has a scepter in one hand. He has a headband with a mummified human tongue attached to it. And in the other hand, his right hand, he has that glove with the long claws on it. On his chest, I mean, he's completely naked. It's kind of like uh, Boogie Nights, Alfred Molina, except completely <laughs> naked. Uh, Just firecrackers. Yeah. <laughs> he's completely naked, but you see on his chest a large tattoo that immediately takes you back to the hotel in Peru when you saw Augustus Larkin with the tattoo on his chest. It's eerily similar. Is it the same? You don't know because there's so much going on in here you can't process it. But he's he's reached down to Robeson and with the pointer finger of the glove he's carving a symbol onto Robeson's forehead. Obviously the same symbol that was carved onto the forehead of Jackson Elias. Vaughn, you are first into the room and you recognize this man as the man you followed that night. The man whose apartment you snuck into. The man that Hilton Adams told you was a person of interest. It is Makunga Madari. You all look to your right and you see that open pit. The pit has not only been opened, but the lid has been removed and set to the side. To cover it again would take the strength of several people. And from that pit is just a wailing sound and you see into it just like occasionally like faces will pop out. It's just dozens of faces and but it's far enough away from where you're standing on this side of the room that it doesn't seem to be bubbling out. But this is all happening in the background as Madari stops carving that symbol and, like, looks up at you with crazy eyes, wide eyes. And he says, as he stands up, he's like, Do you know? the significance of what you have done. The bloody tongue is watching us right now. And he brings favor to those who make sacrifices in his name. And you hear that? And he says, so many have given their lives to him this day and he will be most pleased. Oh, he looks over at the pit he's like, but the Chakota is still hungry and must be fed. You will not 
Dishonor our God! And we are in combat. Let's look at this room. It's the best I could do on short notice here. There are any bodies you see here are dead. Okay. <laughs> With the exception of uh, Makunga Madari. Um, Put that on if, a shirt. The bodies yeah. you see here are dead. Uh, the bodies you're about to see are dead. For those listening, there are eight extra figures on the map <laughs> outside of Makunga and Silas. Yeah, in fact, you see in the background a, a person that is fully clothed, unlike... Uh, the rest of these figures that are all dead, naked bodies. Um, but it looks exactly like these zombie-esque creatures that you fought, and that creature is dead as well. Um, Silas Nikwane, dead. But in the back is Makunga Madari. Let's get, boom, Marco. Favorite is Cardo. Obviously, this is not Pathfinder. This is not D&D. Where you stand is just relative. It's essentially theater of the mind. This is here to present to you the full situation. And I will move even further away from the action. It is round one. All of your guns are drawn, which is great. (laughs) Unfortunately, he knew you were coming. And so he attempts to cast a spell. Oh, what? It's not cool. It's not cool at all. Oh, dear. But he's a badass. He's he's been given the gifts of the the bloody tongue. Let's interrupt his spell. Can we interrupt his spell? Yeah, just start yelling out random numbers. 42, 89, 6. I knew we should have taken that scepter. Damn it. Ah. Vaughn, you're in the vanguard. You're in the vanguard. In the vanguard. I need you to give me a power roll. Come on, baby. Come on. Shock the world. (laughs) Do you believe in miracles? (laughs) Do you believe in miracles? We should have Al Michaels call this fight. All right. A young Al Michaels. Do you want my power roll? I roll. I do. Remind the audience what your power is. My power. Your your power score. Vaughn's power is a 35. A 35. Quite low indeed. Which would cause one distress if I didn't just roll a 26. Yes! Yes! A regular success. Oh, he emphasized regular. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Unfortunately, it does not beat a hard success. In this opposed power roll, Makunga Madario, boom, and you just feel, boom, you're like sent back, your head whips back with this mind blast. You're just, uh, 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 and you are immediately inflicted with five points of sanity damage. But the other effect of this spell is in addition to that sanity damage, you are immediately temporarily insane. And so you are hit with a bout of madness. And for a character like you, this would have happened anyways, even if it was one point of sanity damage. Right. 
However, in this instance, you're just <clears throat> pushed back, and like as you start to come to, you look over at Carter. And hello. You think about oh, boy. what just happened in the police station when he removed his mask to show the hole that was his face to Captain Robeson. Captain Robeson, who now lies dead on the ground with his own gun in his mouth and the back of his head blow up. And Carter looks at you and takes off his mask once more. But when he takes off his mask, his whole face is a mask. And standing before you is Oberon Doyle, your good friend, the closest person perhaps in your life back in the day, perhaps the greatest love of your life. And he looks at you, not with that bravado that Carter puts on, but with this like pleading longing. And he's like, Help me, my love. He looks over at the pit and he's like, Throw me to that beast so that I may yet live again, so that I may rise from the dead and stand at your side. Jesus. And, and, and so you've, you've just seen Vaughn like boom, like go down, and then like Carter, you just see him kind of. L- l- I look towards you, and I'm just like, as I kind of stand up, like shaking it off, and maybe setting that lamp down. Um, <laughs> it's like, don't worry. Huh? Don't worry. What? <laughs> no, don't worry. The time, the time of resurrection is at hand. No, what? I shall make amends. I don't... I'll make things right. As I take you by the hand and I'm drawing you. No, no, no. wait, whoa, whoa. Don't rush. It's okay. It's all right. What? You're still gone. Don't worry. Please. You'll be back. Please. You'll be back. It's Vaughn, it's me. It's Carter. I know. Vaughn, stop it. I swear it. And, uh, And I'm pulling you, pulling you. Yes, you are compelled to try and throw Oberon into the pit with this bout of madness. Now, this is going to last for 1d10 rounds. Please give me a d10 roll. Oh, Oh, shit. man, please. Otherwise, it's going to be opposed strength checks. Five. Five rounds. Okay. Carter, you just... You see Vaughn, you mean you've seen Vaughn break. You saw Vaughn break when that animated mummy came up in the pyramids beneath Purnu. And now he's just like grabbing at you and grasping at your shirt and pulling. You guys might be of equal strength here. Let's fucking go. Round one. Margo, you have a drawn weapon. It is a sawed-off shotgun. You know that the beauty of this shotgun is that it does 4d6 damage if you're right on top of somebody, 1d6 damage if you're two squares away, and fucking no damage beyond that. That's the thing about the sawed-off shotgun. You gotta get up close. Do you want to get way close and try and do 4d6? Do you want to hedge your bets? I mean... What do you want to do? I feel like... Yeah, 
I gotta get way close and do that. <laughs> There's no point in wasting it being far away. And I feel like we saw this happen. Not that we know, like, it's a spill, but, like, something's going on. Vaughn's lost his mind. We got to get rid of this guy. We got to get out of here. So she goes up to him. Like, point-blank range. If she can get that far. Okay. And she shoots at him. Give me a firearms roll. Come on. Blow this motherfucker. (laughs) Okay. You can't push firearms, right? Um, Oh, Michael just chimed in. Bonus die at point blank range. Yes. Yep. Cool. Noted. Yeah. Can't you I, push the? Can't you push I the? I can't other remember thing? if you can push. I don't see why not. But let's see what happens. Oh, so it bonus. might be you can't push a combat. I feel like you can't. But Michael let me just roll like, with the extra attacks. Attacks. Cannot okay. push attacks, says Michael. Yeah. So yeah. Extra. I'm tens. like so over. Um, <laughs> oh no. It's the same. It's the same. It's 57 for both. Over. Um, over 25 oh, for my no. shotgun. <laughs> How much luck you got there? Can you use it? 35. Oh, wait, can you use it? Oh, yeah. What do you want to do? What do you want? Can I use it to I, make it a hit? I think so. Okay, so wait. Let me see if I have 57. Minus. Wait, what math do I need to do? I'm a software. <laughs> all right, engineer. so what's your roll again? It was hell? a. I'm using like all my luck. I'm going to have three luck left. Okay. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. And now I have three luck and it's a hit. It's 35. Or 25. 25. So oh, you wow. succeed by using luck. I haven't heard from Michael that that's not allowed. So I'm assuming that is. I'm pretty sure you can for, for that. Give me four. D6 Yes Damn okay. it Okay Here we go Michael's you. typing Michael's typing Michael's typing Michael you better stop typing right now Michael We just love Mace Ben Luck Michael says Mace Ben Luck Mace Luck So it's like Take you Take that so Jared like Logan you, uh, Okay With your Beautiful. 10 point luck rules Yeah that fucking Out bullshit the <laughs> Out of the box I bet You liar It was I'm like right, so, so sweaty So Margo gets way up there 18 18 points of damage. Not bad. 11 plus 7 is 18, yeah. Two things can happen. Sh- okay. What were you going to say? I was going to say, can the shotgun shoot more than once or no? Or th- we've already sailed with that shit. I think it has to be a two-barreled to- John and you yeah. have to... Uh, a two-barreled situation, and you have to announce that ahead of time. I, yeah. We have the rules for that, but I think with a sawed-off, you're basically... Uh, the whole thing is like you're able to conceal it, but you've got to get right on top of the person, and it's like one shot. And you might be able to—I don't know if you, I think you get two shots. I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, Michael's typing. I'm stalling for Michael to type. <laughs> the, I mean, it's a whole level of tension. Michael, tell Michael's me how adding. to play my character. I Michael should know is this. Typing. You can fire twice at the same target with no penalty. Ooh. Fire. So unless something happens, I'm gonna fire again fire away. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna fire again. I can't use any luck really, so I hope this works. <laughs> 12! A 12 Holy under 25. shit. Okay. Nice. I feel like I'm cheating right now. 
Is he sure I can do this? Uh, six plus eleven, so that's seventeen. Another seventeen. Walks up to him point blank, and she's like, "What the fuck, you man? Like, leave my friends alone!" Bam, bam, boom, boom, at point blank range, and you fucking blow him away. He, like, just flies against the wall. Unfortunately, at that moment, the Chakota, as he called it, begins to wail in a way that it has not wailed uh, since you began hearing it, and nothing like when you first unearthed it during your first visit here. Because it's hungry. Everybody give me a sanity roll. about to go get a sandwich thinking Margot got right. this like let's uh. go to subway y'all this this sanity All of bonds is roommates. uh really <laughs> really Vons. in short supply right i know fucking, oh actually uh, michael Holy tell us if, if Vaughn's already insane can he does he have to continue to roll i'm not sure that might save you but in the meantime let's go around the horn We're really yeah michael says michael no right once you're insane or having a bout you don't have to roll yours you're, this oh. is actually the best place for you. I yeah. wish I could carry that forward because I rolled an eight. <laughs> oh, baby! Uh, so it was meant to be. Uh, yeah. Let's take it around the horn, Feyruz. I rolled a nine! Yeah. You yeah. rolled a nine. Okay. Uh, Rob. 67 over 47. Zoink, Scoob. What about <laughs> you, Margu? I'm ready for the whales. That's a one under 85. Whoa. That is a critical. Holy okay. shit. A couple things are going to happen. I'd like to point out I do have used chewing gum in my ears. Right. (laughs) Right, I forgot about the used chewing gum. Uh, You know what? I want to reward you for that. Uh, You're the only one that failed, um, so I would let them re-roll. But they they passed. Um, You can roll a penalty die. I mean, uh, a bonus die for putting that shit in your ears. I meant to give that to you, but I forgot that you had it. So just roll the 10s again. Uh, no, that's worse. Okay. Oh, no. Margo and Feyruz take one point of sanity damage. All right. To start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter, give me a 1d8 roll. Two. All right, you take two points of sanity damage. However... Uh-huh. You, as you see this thing, it's like, again, it's kind of like bubbling like a pot. You see a face come up, and it's Lieutenant Poole. Give me a 1d4 roll. Two. So that's another two points of sanity. Four total does not put you over... uh, the threshold to have to roll. So, and all the while, I'm like, come, come. Yeah, and come. you're pulling him. Oh, yeah, so is Vaughn still doing this even though what's-his-name died? Yes. It will last for five rounds. Makunga Madari seems to be blown out of space and time from Margo. <laughs> Point-blank <The> range. <laughs> Sawed-off shotgun. He, he yeah. let me just walk up to him and do it. Margo <laughs> still found a way to paint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Faye it's your turn. Yeah. There's a lot happening here. The the threat in the pit, 
is like it's there obviously the last time you were here you ran away from it because you didn't know what the situation was it's in the pit but now you see Vaughn is pulling Carter towards the pit what do you do um does the gentleman that Margo is shooting at is he's still alive he's on the ground with a fucking gaping hole on his right. chest like Sounds you can like see done. through I think Margo's handling that situation quite uh, quite well I'm going to try and um maybe um kind of grapple um Vaughn grapple Vaughn we're talking about an opposed strength check here okay so um both of you roll against each other uh, under your strength and see what type of success you get. If you roll the same success, the person with the higher strength score wins. And right. then I'll, I'll interpret the results based on what happens. Okay, here we go. God, I love this game. I fucking oh. love this game. Who was always God? No. I rolled a 33 under 75. Yeah. Vaughn? Wonder Woman. I rolled a 19 under 75. No! Oh. All Wait, right. they're both hard then, right? They're That's both what... hard successes, and Vaughn rolled lower, so Vaughn shrugs you off. You're like grasping at Vaughn. And there's just there's just two there's bodies everywhere. You're like caught up in these dead naked bodies. Damn it. And then Vaughn! It goes. Vaughn, get a hold of yourself. What are you talking about? We I'm all myself what are you doing, Kata? I, I, as I, I just turn and like, Vaughn, please, please save me. I can not, come, I'm not talking. I can come back to you. We can be together. Please. And I turn right back to you. And I'm like, yes, please. something must be done about Carter. I've got other things to worry about. I'm like pulling him. What are you doing? Now here's the tricky thing. It is both Vaughn and Carter's roll. You both have a 40, plus 50 with your ready fire firearm gives you a 90. So, like, it would be your turn right now. Mm -hmm. I can't remember how to determine who goes first. I mean, does he have... Who has the better brawling? I think I'm 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 totally focused on this, so... Yeah. Yeah, where's who... his gun? Is his gun in his hand while he's also grabbing me? I think I probably tucked it back in my belt to, to like, deal with this. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but who has the better brawling skill? Because I think that's what, it, what it's going to come down to. I think to. it's me. I got a 77. I got a 55. All right, so Carter, I'm going to give you the chance to try and escape. But again, just like Feyruz, it's an opposed strength roll. I want to... If wanna that's get, what you want to do. Maybe that's not what you want to do. I want to get Vaughn out of the room. So I want to, like... Like if we, if he's grappling me, like I want to grab him and try to throw him out of the room and shut the door. That's a maneuver. That's what we got there. That's what we call a maneuver in the business. Um, so that's going to be a you're going to use your brawling skill. It's very similar uh, to you know just trying to generally escape. But the goal of your maneuver is try to not only escape but like redirect. No, maybe not even escape. Just redirect this grapple into the hallway. Get it away from the pit. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Vaughn, since your goal is to throw him in the pit, you'll be opposing that. Okay. Um, so so your builds are uh, similar enough that it shouldn't affect it. So it's going to be a uh, roll off. So we're rolling for brawl. 
Yeah, you roll brawl, and I, I feel like you roll brawl as well, um, Vaughn. Since you're fighting um, it. Actually, you can roll strength, Vaughn. You roll strength, and you roll brawn. Better roll for me. Sorry, Tillinghast. Shit. Okay, here we go. Vaughn, so, I don't want to do this, man. That's why Sorry. I said it. What type of success? 62 under 77, so regular. Regular success. Regular for me also. Uh, 56 under 75. Okay. As the aggressor, um, you're able to redirect him, Carter. However, you are still grappled by Vaughn, and then it goes to Vaughn's turn. So, Vaughn, now you're further away from your goal of throwing him in. Now, Margo and Feyruz, you see Lieutenant Poole, but it's not Lieutenant Poole. In fact, direct your eyes to roll 20. This image isn't exactly uh, like the situation, but it will give you a good view of what the Chakota looks like. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ooh. Uh, no. That's way more people than I thought it would be. I was yeah. thinking it more of like a mass globular thing. A lot of faces. No. And Lieutenant Poole's face is just like melded into this mass. Yeah, I was picturing when uh, Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm 4, Freddy lifts his sweater up and you see the souls oh, of yeah, his victims in his the... chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we all die from PvP tonight, <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed. Oh, all right, so I got Vaughn. I got what, I, because I won, I was able to get Vaughn to the to the to like hallway? The, yeah, like the doorway. You know, like it's going to take okay. him now... Uh, a couple chances to get him in as long as nothing else happens. Vaughn, what do you want to do? Um, I mean, I, I'm compelled to do only one thing. Uh, Are so, you? Yes. I mean, as long as as long as long Oberon is still pleading with me. Um, please, please, Vaughn. Yeah, straight up strength. Drag Vaughn, him me, to man, the It's me, man. It's Carter. Why are you... Why do you speak? Your words say one thing and your body another. Yes, I understand. Oberon, I understand the flesh rebels because the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. <laughs> I will mortify your flesh. I'm not you know? that weak. I'm just, oh, I've got, I'm not. I grab you by the throat <gasps> and start to pull you towards it. <laughs> I will you. mortify your Thank flesh. You. Thank you. Thank you. Fun. All right, rolling. versus uh, strength. All right. Opposed strength rolls. You're trying to resist his pull, and he is trying to pull. I'm going to spend... Can I spend a point of luck? Sure. Uh, Can you spend it while fighting back? We'll wait for Michael, and while we hear... If I spend a point, I can make it a hard success. Well, I'll, I'll just tell you before you do that that I also got a hard success. Okay, so if you can spend a point of luck while fighting back... Nope. Nope, says Michael. Wait, no, he's still typing. Is that an old nope? Oh, you yes. can! Oh! According Michael, to Michael. Michael, let the bait and switch! That's an old nope. Uh, all right, so you can spend that point of luck, make it a hard success, but that alone means that Vaughn wins. A hard versus a regular would have been much worse. Uh-huh. However, he succeeds in drawing you closer to the pit. Had you ended up with a regular and he a hard, 
that might have been enough to just throw you in. However, by spending that point of luck, it allows him to succeed, but still slow his progress. He, you throw him, you, you like redirect his body weight into the hallway. Come on, come on, we gotta get out of here. He's like, no, no, and he boom pulls you right back over the pit. I mean, we're talking this next round. If you fail and he succeeds in any sort of combination, you may end up in the pit. But it might looks comfy in there. You might be fine. I've never rolled so well. I'm so sorry. We're going to a new round. It is Margot's turn. Margot, you see this like back and forth between the two of them. Give me a spot hidden roll. Okay, I don't know what I could possibly see else in this room, but okay. Right. Just a um, bunch of dead bodies, right? Two under 62, That's so regular. You look around, and I imagine it's just like... You've seen Henry V, like Kenneth Branagh's Henry V. Is that like a that movie? battle scene. Yes, yes. No. Uh, the battle scene at the end, it's, it's amazing. It's just like, the, you know, it has those, those moments where it's just like the ringing in the ears where you're trying to, like, suss out this scene of battle. Even though it's mostly dead bodies, you just blew a guy across the room with your shotgun. And uh, he flew across the room, and there's bodies everywhere, and you see Carter, what the hell's going on with them? But you look to the back of the room, and you see that alcove with that curtain. For a moment, you're taken back to the Waldorf Astoria, where you saw the curtain blowing when you walked outside, and the fucking monster tried to pull you away. But now you see that curtain moving as well because someone or something is emerging from it. And you watch as the curtain is starting to elongate with a figure behind it that is like, like imagine if you were just walking into a curtain and not trying to part it, like walking so that the curtain would just wash over you. And you hear like a coughing sound or, 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 or like labored breathing as this body begins walking to, to, towards you. And... um as, like, imagine the curtain is just going up slowly and you're just being revealed this body as it moves. And as it moves, it looks like a woman, uh, stylishly dressed uh, as it keeps going up, African-American woman. Um, it continues pushing past her body and you see that it's Millie Adams. Frick! M- Millie Adams is walking out of the alcove, but something is wrong. Mm. And you see it immediately. There is like an eight-inch slit straight across her neck. And her larynx and glottis and vocal cords are exposed. And there is just a mass of blood spilling out of this gash across her neck, staining her beautiful powder blue blouse and her eyes are just pure white her skin is like a bluish black like uh, like a ghostly bruise and she's just like <laughs> slowly walking toward you and Feyruz what do you do <laughs> Frick. Um, I probably yell out, I've found, I found Millie Adams, I've found, I found Millie Adams! Um, and I back away from her, 
And does she kind of look like the other zombies? Yeah. Whatever process was used to create these, you know, for lack of a better word, zombies, it was used on her. Um, all right, well, then we know how to deal with them. I'm going to shoot her as I back away. (sighs) And it pains me to do so. Um, do you also have point blank range because you went up close to her, right? Yeah. Do you want to get right on top of her? Like she's moving slow. Do you want that four d six, or do you want to stay a little bit? Do you want to stay ten yards away and get the one d six if you hit? I don't, don't want to. Do, I don't want to do a GM's job for you, but sh- like, oh wait, yeah, it's shotguns empty. Shotguns empty. You'd have to oh, take her under reload, right? right? Michael so... with the save. So hey, you have Michael, to spend... can you just take a break? <laughs> Hey, Michael, thank you Michael so much for doing such a great job. Over yeah, 20 so hours. Hard. an action to reload. Um, so I'm still by where I shot um, the other guy, uh, Makunga. So when she's coming out of back there, I'm staying where I am and reloading so that I'm thinking my, the next round she'll come point blank to me or near. I want to be far enough away to where the next, when I'm ready, I can be point blank to her. Okay, and so shooter. you basically want to spend an action reloading, but you mm-hmm. want to move up toward her and hope that she doesn't attack you before you Um, her. I want to spend a round reloading, and I can move up and shoot twice. So maybe just, like, slowly move back just a little bit. Not okay, too so much. you're just like you're. Like I love this. You're like reloading and like backing up about five feet while you yeah. stumble to reload. Okay, and now it goes to Feyruz. Feyruz, you see Millie Adams. Her throat slit, and I mean, it's just got. She's remember she looked like she was dressed in the nines when you saw her at the Lafayette Theater. She's yeah. wearing a very similar stylish dress, but it's just like the whole front is covered in blood. Um, and then. Right near me is still Carter and Vaughn. Gra- they like, got they got their own thing going on, yeah. And the pilot and the pit. Yeah, and the and pit. And the pit. It's a smorgasbord of options. Lieutenant Pooh. I want to go pick up the scepter and like lob it across uh, Vaughn's head to try to like knock him out. So you want to walk over to Makunga Madari. His body, his corpse. Grab the scepter yep. and, and smash Vaughn with it. Okay. You walk over to Makangamadari, you grab the scepter. The minute your hand touches the scepter, oh, no. you <laughs> just feel like <clears throat> you're like sent back to another world where you uh, look like Cleopatra sitting on a throne holding this scepter. And you look in front of you, and there are just people fighting to the death. You're not quite Cleopatra, obviously, but you have that look, that feel, and you feel such power. And we just see a wide smile cover your face. <laughs> we come back into the room and you're holding this scepter and something about holding this scepter fills you with a power that you have never felt. This should have been mine all along. 
And as I shake that off, am I still able to... Help, help me, God damn it, Jesus. Yep. Mortify your flesh. We will be together once again. Say, Rose, Jesus. Get a hold of yourself. Now, Vaughn, do you want to try and dodge this? Do you want to try and fight back? Now, fighting back would mean you would release Carter. Dodge, I think you could dodge and, you know, still hold on to him. I feel like I'm so focused. I feel like I'm so focused that I may not even notice this until it's already too late. Final answer? Final answer. There's a chance she could kill you if she strikes true. Because she is so fucking strong. Right. So, but uh, my intention was never to kill him. My intention was to knock him out. The road to hell is paved in good intentions. (laughs) Roll a melee attack. Ooh. Okay. Let me see what I have for melee. Roll a softy. Not brawl. Is it brawl? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You just, I love this. You take this, you feel absolute power. I rolled a 33 under 34. That's, That's nice. good. That's I nice. am That's... willing to spend as much luck as I need to make that, like, the success I need to make sure he's knocked out and not killed. I mean, so make just sure right it's under. a glancing blow I mean, and not a uh, direct yes. skull-crushing hit. So you tell me if I, if I need... A- 33 under 34. I'm I'm going to need an extreme success to be able to do this and not kill him. So that means I have to spend... That means it needs to be... uh, Under under five? Under five? Okay, so I'm going to spend... um, Is it that or is it the damage she rolls? Like, she succeeds in hitting him. Your Honor. She succeeded in hitting him. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. It's like, I can say, roll damage. And it's just going to do damage to him. But an extreme success will allow you to control the damage. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know? And I got, I got, I got a lot of sanity to spend. I'll, Sustained. I mean, I mean, luck to spend. Um, okay. So let's. Yeah, see. I think right, an extreme. If you have a thirty-four, an extreme five divided by thirty-four is like five points something. Yeah. So you got to get under five or under. So you got to uh, spend twenty-nine points of luck. Twi- okay, I'll do Wait, that. It's a fifth, right? So she's got to get what a thirty, uh, six. A five, yeah. A five, so, yeah, so I'll spend be, 29 yeah. points of yeah. my 72 luck points. Okay, so you Thank spend you. that, and you walk up to Vaughn and just whap. Now, give me the damage. Give me a D6 plus your damage bonus. Okay. I want to see if this brings him to zero or below. Damage bonus is... It's been so long since I looked at... Oh, good, damage bonus is a D4. Okay, so... Um... So three points total. Oh. A D six plus your damage bonus is only yeah. three. I rolled really low. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the a- thing: it's non-lethal damage, but it's not enough to knock him unconscious. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you did three points of damage, but I think Vaughn has nine hit points. But if it's <laughs> enough for him to let go of Carter, you know what's enough to do? Give him a penalty die on his next strength check. There we okay. go. Okay. Now we're talking. Um, but as I'm doing this, I, if Carter is able to be released, I'm going to shout, Carter, grab the lantern! Blow that fucking pit on fire! Well, it is Carter's turn. And I'm going to say, with only three damage, that's enough to kind of like send Vaughn in a tizzy. 
Oh. But he's he's still like doing his best to try to hold on to Carter. So how that's going to result mechanically is a penalty die for Vaughn. Carter, you have a chance to try and escape here if that's your choice, or are you going to want to run back to the door? Tell me what you want to do. Yeah, all right. I'll use this as an advantage to try to uh, break free and set that set that maw on fire. Okay. Break free would be the action this round. Shit. I just, yeah. Uh... And Millie Adams is bearing down. Sure. Is there, is there, let me ask you this, and, and you can totally say, like, well, I don't know this, you try it. Uh, not that you talk like that. Um, Sometimes I do. Is there any way to snap Vaughn out of this? Like, if I try to roll, like, a persuade or just something to, like, reason with him and be like, it's me. Or is it just like, this is mechanically, this is a five-round spell, and that's fine, I can live with that. It's tricky, right? Like, I feel like a douche being like, sorry, man, it's five no, rounds. No, no, if that's the game, uh, that's the but game. Like, We're playing a it's game. It's meant to be, he is take. he is so, he, his sanity is such, on such a string, it's, you're, you're, he's lost to you. Okay. All right, then I then I try to. Uh, I mean, we got to try to break this somehow. Yeah. Otherwise, we're fucking playing grab ass for four more rounds. So I'm gonna. Maybe it's just a game of survival here. Mm-hmm. Just make it long enough for him to come to his senses, and you'll be fine. I don't know. He's got this penalty die. This might be enough to get away. Yeah. Yeah. Let me try to get away. So this is strength this or brawl. This is a chance to maybe do some damage to this pizza thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to use strength here instead of brawl? Vaughn's got to use strength. Uh, whatever you think I need to do to get to break off. It's up to you. Last time it was brawl because you were trying to reposition him. If you just want to break away, it's straight up strength. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, then, I mean, my brawl is better. So if it's if it's better for me to narratively yeah, say, like, I try to, like, like throw him out the out Throw the him into the pit? No, not, no, no, God, no. We're not there yet. My God. I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it. Don't worry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just away, like towards the door. Just some, you know, if that's, then I'll do that. Okay. All right. So you're just you're, you're not only trying to break away, you're trying to redirect him away because yeah. you don't want him to fall into the I pit. I don't. All right. And Vaughn, you're just you're just trying to grab on with strength. So Vaughn, you'll take a penalty die. Okay. Roll the tens twice, and uh, Rob, you're straight up brawl. Fuck my life. <laughs> I'm going to push it. I got an 82 over 77. Can I push this? Uh, yes. You want to hear uh, Ross's results first? Okay. Sure. So you had a fail. Did Ross, was your penalty? Oh, I can't push it. I, I rolled, a, I also failed. I rolled a 77 over 75. Okay. So two fails, uh, as Michael said, you can't push in combat. I think two fails is a null result. Uh, it's not like, well, you've got you've got to at least succeed. To, so you're just like, ah, ah, going back and forth. I mean, unless I, can I spend my luck to succeed? Or is that cheating because I know the result? Uh, let's keep it, let's keep it entangled. Yeah, keep it entangled. I think you guys are going to make it. Okay. But mm-hmm. it's Vaughn's turn. Yeah. Great. Vaughn. Um, and uh, I'm still under the effect of the blow, no doubt. So my yes, great. I will say for this whole round, because of her extreme success, she'll take the penalty die. Great. Oh man, Rob, give me a strength roll to try and resist this. This is an opposing roll. He's trying to pull you towards the pit. Here's the thing: like Vaughn was wounded in the war. He's he's he's, but he was a. He's not like a small guy. 
he has a lot of like compact power. He took a fall from a from a very high window. A third story fire escape. Um, and and like this blow hits him, and he rolls a seventy one under seventy five. That was the highest of the two rolls. Um, a regular the other success. One was a thirty something. So regular success. So like I think it's even like even if you get out of the grasp, suddenly and it's like a preternatural strength on your like. Climbing up your arm. It's like, don't worry. I know you're frightened. It's, I know. I fucking... God damn it. I rolled a 17 under 70. So I got a hard. You got a hard success. Great. So you're able to resist. Oh, cut the shit! Duh. I mean, that was it. That was Pitt. That was Brad Pitt. Uh, the creature is just... You see it kind of like... Spilling out now over the edge, and it's just like reaching towards the both of your feet. I mean, the saddest thing about this is trying to pull Vaughn in as well. Like it's just you don't know how far it can move. It feels like it's confined to the pit. You know, it's it's eight feet or so down, but it's this mass that can kind of grow as tall as it wants, and it's spilling out like an ooze. Just faces. Creaming across the floor, trying to pull you in. Mm. Creaming was that the verb you just used. Creaming. It's creaming. Yes. It's, don't like it's it. It's creaming. <laughs> you don't have to like it, uh, Margot. You are face to face. I need more scotch. Me. Is what I need. With me. I need more Let's wine. Go. You're face to face with Millie Adams. We're we're round, we're circling the drain here. Millie Adams. She is going to no doubtedly try to kill you if you don't kill her. I mean, even though she's already dead, what do you do? Shoot at her twice. <laughs> oh, for sure. You get sure. a bonus die at yeah. point-blank range let's for see both I, shots. I've got no more luck this time, so let's see how this goes. But You you're flash back to her in the Lafayette Theater. The look is like, please, exonerate my husband. He's innocent. And now it's just whites of her eyes. It's not her. She's gone. She's. It's not her. She's gone. Um, the first shot does not hit. The lowest I got was forty-six over twenty-five. So. Oh no. Somehow. Oh no. Oh no! What? Better hit the second shot. Oh okay. This fucking mosquito's still here. I think he's got a friend. <laughs> they had babies. This episode's so long. Nope. Nope. Somehow, somehow don't do it. Somehow don't do it. So that's cool. This is... Have, oh, I'm no. having fun. Let me just get the book out, because I think I might need it for whatever she's going to do. The dead... Combat. Millie Adams reaches out to choke you to death. Okay. Do you want to fight back or dodge? Um, Dodge, because Dex... I have 52 in dodge versus brawls, 41. So okay. I want to try to dodge it. Remember, you fought these type of creatures before and that you have to target the head to do damage if she works okay. like the other ones. And that means it would be a penalty die, which means it would just erase your bonus die. So if you mm-hmm. want to target the head, you've got to do that at just straight rolls. But you have to spend next, lo- next round to reload. Let's see what the fucking corpse of Millie Adams can do. You try to dodge. Regular success. 
fail. Oh, fuck. 71 over 52. And I here spent comes, all my luck. Here comes the damage. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Die. You have the highest hit points of anyone in the group. I don't know. But this is going to be some damage as the corpse of Millie Adams smashes at you. Smashes. Oh no. Oh my god, I wish I was lying. Max damage. You could lie. Eight points of damage. I have a major wound. Is a major wound. Our first major wound in 20 episodes, everybody. If you take one attack that does over half your hit point damage, that is a major wound. Why is that important? If you get to zero hit points and you have a major wound, you begin to die. If you go below zero on your next hit, you're just dead. Where's the major wound uh, page? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you see this thing just... Boom! Barry, is Millie Adams gonna kill Margo? We thought it was the dragon creature. It's Millie Adams. Um, Michael says she must make a con roll right me? now. Michael, me? Michael, right now. Michael, I thought I said you could take the rest of the night off. Michael <laughs> says, "Oh yeah, we got uh, it from here." But her hit points didn't fall to zero, Michael. I don't think she makes the con roll. Until her hit points fall to zero, right? But maybe maybe because it's a major wound right. or whatever it's called. I'm trying to help Margot, but I think you're um, right. I trust Michael implicitly. Well, there's a table. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. There's a table for, like, wounding. A, a major wound can make a character fall unconscious oh, without hitting zero. Yeah, thank you, Michael. It's our first major wound! Oh, man. Okay, so I roll con. You roll a con check. If you fail this con roll, you fall unconscious. Hell, that might be the best thing for you. It takes you out of the combat, but you just hope Millie Adams doesn't keep smashing your fucking unconscious body. She'll just move on to Feyre's. Y'all are making me too nervous. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, get him, get him. I am going to, listen, I'm oh, like stuck wait, between. Wait, hold on, she's got this con thing. She's got wait, this con oh. roll. Con! So that's all, okay, 34 under 55. All right. USA. You do not fall unconscious. However, Somehow. you have a major wound and four hit points left? Four. Okay. I'll tell you right now, she does 1d4 damage plus her damage bonus, which is 1d4, and I rolled two fucking fours. Average roll has me kill you next round. Oh, boy. That sounds great. I'll be right back. I need to fill my wine. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to. Can we? I got to pee so bad now. You pee, you fill your wine. I'm talking to Feyruz here. All right. Feyruz, I think it's your turn. I am stuck between Wait, this situation. that was Margot. Yes, yeah. then it was that. Makunga's dead. Feyruz. Yeah. You see, uh, Margot gets lit up by Millie Adams. And meanwhile, Vaughn and Carter have got their thing going on. Carter's like, Vaughn, what are you doing? And Vaughn is just just yelling nonsense at him. Uh, fuck it, I gotta do something about this pit. So I'm gonna take the lantern... I'm going to light it, and I'm going to smash it into that pit so that it just, like, causes the whole thing to light up. So you walk to the edge of the pit? Yes. Or you give it a little toss? No, I, I want to, like, freaking slam that thing down so that it breaks and explodes. Okay. All right, so Feyruz grabs the lamp, walks up. I light it first. <sighs> light it, walks up, and just throws it in. <sighs> You see it start to like 
scream. Some of the faces start to melt as the fire uh, catches their skin. It looks like it's mad, but you definitely heard it. Uh, give me one D8 roll. A D8? Shit. All yeah. right, hold on. Hang I on should have had a D8. Hang on a sec. Here we go. Eight! Yes. Well, la di fucking da. <laughs> okay. Uh, you throw this fire in, and the fire is starting to spread on the Chakota. But Margot is in rough shape, and Vaughn and Carter are fighting for their lives. It is Carter's turn. Carter, the penalty dice are out the window here. You guys are just caught in this stalemate, trying to go back and forth. What do you do? All right. Here's my idea. Is there a way... You know in Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and the... Mm-hmm. Um, there's this, you know, there's this wheel thing, right? That that works the the thing that lowers people down into the volcano and they get fucking incinerated or whatever. I want to take Vaughn and throw him into the wheel and hope that that's enough force to fucking move the thing and crank it down and shut the mm. shut the lid. Okay, this is a maneuver, a complicated maneuver. It's going to require it's going to require a success more than normal. Um, I could go crazy and say extreme, but that's asking a lot. Um, this sounds like a brawl check, um, but it's a very specific brawls check that he's going to try and oppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not impossible. I, I mean, I like it because it's cool. It's very pulpy, but if it worked, it would certainly help. Now, I already mentioned that the lid was not only like just lifted up because before oh, right, right, you right. were like, you could, it's off, but that doesn't mean it couldn't, you know, with enough force, see what happens. Closing this pit would certainly help you. So give me the roll and let's see what happens in the narration. Uh, Ross, you, you can oppose it with strength. Okay, now, before I roll and before I find out what, what Ross rolls... Um, if I want to spend luck, I, like, announce it before I even know what Ross's result is, right? Sure, sure, sure. Which could yeah. bite me in the ass if I spend luck to bring it to an extreme, but then Ross is like, I just actually rolled a two, my friend, and then I'm, you don't talk like right. that either, Ross. It's a classic, gentleman's agreement Classic to, me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> classic me. All right. I think I drank an entire bottle of scotch. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't show. Here we go. Mm-hmm. It will tomorrow. Oh, no. I succeeded by five points. I'm going to spend... We're blowing all the luck luck tonight, baby. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to spend... Okay, so I need to get to half of 77. That's what, 30... No. 38. Per the book. For a hard success. 38. Okay, hold on. Extreme would be even Totally not looking at a calculator. I would need to get to 48. Is that what you just said? No, 38. 38. 38 for a hard. How much luck do you have? 44. (laughs) So I'd have to spend 34 points. I'm going to do it to get it to a hard. Okay. What did you get, Ross? 
91. Fail. All right. So, so badass. So cool. I mean, it kind of goes back to Peru when Carter was begging Jackson to write a story about him. Like, he's wanted to be an action hero since the beginning, and he does the most action hero move possible. You break out of this hold and throw Vaughn in the direction of the winch that is holding up this. Yeah, he, and the so f- he, like, he, like, he pounds both his hands down to, like, break the, the, the grip. And then grabs Vaughn and pulls him up to his face. He goes, I fucking love you! And turns and throws him. <laughs> the and yeah. his body I love you too! It's <laughs> against it. And you see this wheel just start to turn. And even though it's on the ground, it doesn't like immediately close. But it takes it up to that next level where one more turn with strength is enough to like probably close it. Not only that, you're free of Vaughn's grip. I think this was round three of five. Um, so you're so close to just, like, surviving. But Margo is still in rough shape, and you look over there, like, you see Margo just, like, like a Mortal Kombat guy at the end. Like, finish him! Oh, dear. And it is Vaughn's turn. Vaughn, you've been thrown across by your by your man, by Oberon. Mm-hmm. You just see him like he throws you, but it, like it, you almost feel like you're caught in a ballroom dance. Like he threw mm-hmm. you, and now his hands are outstretched to you to come back. Yes, um, and uh, and you just see me like steady myself against that winch as a gun, 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 because I'm like pulling it down and then standing. <laughs> And just with uh, like eerie calm in the middle of all, of all this insanity, yeah, I'm fully seeing like a like you just see him dust himself off and kind of like straighten the mustache, like extend his hand to you, click his heels, and like bow. <laughs> what are you doing? He just love it as he just kind of walks towards you with his hand outstretched. No, get it like, away from me! Get it away! Slap his hand away. No, I want it. You just high five him. Yeah. Harpsichord music in the background. Nothing to fear. Nothing at all to fear. So what do you do? He's walking, him. he's walking oh. to me. I feel like he's a mile I, away from I me. So I, guess, turn. I walk. Oh, I, yeah. I walk to him and try, take him by, try to take him by the hand and grab it. Yeah. Just come dance with me. Uh, but I'm still under the effect of the uh, of the, my head wound. Yeah, sure. Uh, give me a strength, uh, strength, a strength check, Rob. Give me a strength check. No more luck to really work here. Forty-nine under seventy. Did you ever think that the final boss would be each other? No. Uh, Forty-nine under. When I think about American politics. (laughs) (laughs) Shallow and pedantic. All right, so that's a regular success. And what'd you get there, uh, Vonnie? I got myself an old sixty-seven under seventy-five. Another regular success. The aggressor wins, so he just he grabs you. And like Carter, you feel like you're being swept up in a dance. Mm-hmm. It is so weird and like unsettling. When did you get this strong? Jesus. <laughs> and it is like it is like I'm kind of turning you ballroom style, arm like at the at the at the base of your uh, back. 
but the grip on your hand is like way too hard. I, so no, like, I say no to you. Right. And you turn him around towards the pit and you see all those faces in the pit and they just look like a gallery of well-dressed people like, oh, oh, so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It is now Margot's turn. Margot, you are one successful hit. Oh, God. Away from death. What is going through your head right now? Through Mar- through my head? Or through Margot? My head? Both. Fucking my head. I'm just kind of like, well... If I want to aim the shotgun, that means I lose my um, extra dice. I only have 25 in shotgun. But I've got 41 in brawl. Yeah, and you've got to spend you got to spend this round, round reloading because you shot last, so your shotgun oh. is useless to you now. Oh well, this makes my choice really easy. Um, Margo, what she's thinking Run or is, fight. holy shit, I'm gonna die right now. I don't want my friends to die. She takes out. You can reload and shoot knife. one round with a penalty, says Michael. Michael. Michael chimed in and said, you can reload and shoot one shot with a penalty. High risk, possibly yeah. high reward, but you have to th- kill, it has to be a kill shot. I think That's it's really too tough. high risk because of the fact that I have a 25. So if I don't have the extra bonus die of being point blank and I'm aiming, right. it's just really hard to hit. So I think she's going to take out her combat knife. Like I'm imagining she's like on the ground or something and Millie's like on top of her, like oh, trying yeah. to get at her. And she just like wiggles to the side and takes out her knife and then just tries to just get her right in the head. Because okay. she knows she got to. Right in the, the dome, right. That's yeah. the only thing that's going to actually do damage. So that will be a penalty die to aim at the head. Cool. Okay. I'm going to die, you wanna, guys. When you want to target a specific part of the body. Um, the good news is she's not fighting back. Okay. Okay. No, this is the best option. Here we go. Here we go. They're both the dice are the same again, and it's an eighty-eight oh, over forty-one. So, so that's a fail. That's a fail. It's Millie Adams' turn. No. Yeah. Oh boy. You go to stab, and you just like, just like miss, and she just like claws at your face, and her fingers are like pushing against your eyeballs and as she's doing it you're like seeing yourself painting this portrait of a creature clawing your eyeballs you're like regarding it as it's happening to you you want to fight back or try to dodge her kill shot (laughs) I could roll two ones but if a successful um, hit, the average damage would be a kill shot. So, dodging the attacker wins, fighting back. Um, I mean... What's better? I mean, fighting back, the good thing about that is if you have a higher success, you'll do damage. I'll do but damage. But the bad thing is, like, if I tie you, I do damage. Dodge, you've just got to tie me and you'll... 
miss. So it's uh, fighting back dodge. is high risk, high reward. Let's do dodge. Mm-hmm. You want to get out of dodge? All right, here we go. go oh man, I'm pulling for you, Margo. But it's not oh, up to me. Need, do you need to roll anything? Yeah, I got to roll to attack. Mm-hmm. I could miss the attack. Yeah. She's trying to just clamp down on your face. She's a, she's a slow old zombo, and she might not make the attack. What did you roll? Got a hard success, a 25 under 52. And I failed. Yes. <clears throat> I live another round, maybe. Just, just give us a slip. Your sweaty face, she, her hands slide off of it. And it is Feyruz. Oh, Feyruz, please save us. Do something <laughs> magical. Feyruz, threw that save fire us. in there. Give me another D8 worth of damage. Okay. From the fire. That's just consistent burning. <laughs> oh, God. Another eight. Another eight. 16 points something. of damage. <laughs> <I'm doing laughs> it's just melting. You smell burning flesh and hair just filling up the entire room. What do you do as, as Carter and, and fucking Vaughn are like fighting near the pit right at the edge, right on the edge, and uh, meanwhile Margot and Millie Adams are on the ground wrestling. Okay, explain the situation. Is this like, is it by a rope that's lowering this down? That's so there's on this a like reel? weird winch pulley system that like when, when Carter threw Vaughn into it, it like lifted it off the ground. But and now it- the next phase would be lifting it down. But you remember when you were here the first time, it took two of you to like combine strength to do it. But is this a thing where if like I cut a rope, it just falls down? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I have a knife on me and I want to climb up and just hack that thing off so it just okay. falls down. Okay, that's interesting. Um, all right, so you move over there. You climb up to where that you're like looking at this. You're starting to do like, uh, you know, quick calculations on this. Give me a uh, strength check to try and cut through this thick core. You got it. I rolled a 12 under 75. That is an extreme success. An extreme success. You've found a strength you didn't even know you had. You slice through this and just wham! This stone slab goes down and you just, you smell that burning underneath that continues to burn this creature! We got a smoker going. That Makunga Madari called the Chakota. Smoke just like spilling out between the cracks. That seems to be out of the way, which could very well save Carter's life. But Margo is still in a tough position. And now it goes to Carter. Um, no longer afraid about being thrown in this pit. But yeah. things aren't good. You've grown close to Margo, too. Yeah. So you're torn. Um, Margo, I'm coming for you. This is my next round. I'm coming I wanna, for you. Yeah, I want to try to break live, away. Though. I'm going to try to break away from Vaughn. Yeah. Okay. To get Straight to Margo. Up strength versus strength, or brawl versus strength. Brawl. Well, what are you trying to do? If you're just trying to break away, it's strength. Okay. Then yeah, I'm trying to break away. Okay. You have comparable strength, so it's just like get mm-hmm. off me. Strength versus Seriously, strength. Vaughn, I've just had enough of the shit. It's been a long day. There's a lot going on. Margo needs us. Asshole. 
You just hear me whispering like, up on the heels, down on the toes. Radio, that's where it goes. That's how I do the varsity ride. As I'm like pushing you closer. Um, uh, I got a regular success. And I got what they call a failure. So you break away, one round away from Vaughn being back to his senses. Vaughn, it's back to you. He, your, your dance partner is being a bit coy. <laughs> no means no! Just cut the shit! <laughs> I, I, yes, of course, but you're not speaking in your voice. Um, like, I, I'm, I'm compelled. I'm going for him, of course. Dance with Obviously. me! Can't we, like, zoom into Vaughn's mind and while he does some sort of opposed strength to the spell? <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, if only I could go into my mind palace where I'm, like, pushing <laughs> against this. Um, <laughs> All right, so you're coming palace. at me to grab me. Yes. And then, okay, so then I'm doing, Troy, I'm doing a brawl or a strength to... This is strength versus strength here. I got a regular success. I failed. All right, so it's, it's, it's cat and mouse, but, like, what you've done, Carter, by having little successes along the way is just kept yourself alive, and now the pit is closed off. So he's grabbed you again, but you know that, like, whenever Vaughn's had these episodes, they don't last forever, and yeah. so you're just hoping it will end, and it does end next round. However, that's not the problem anymore. The problem is Margot and this creature, Margot, now... It's going to fight back against you. If you try to strike it, what do you do? Run away. Just run. Fighting just, just back. Just run. Well, Get away. I, well, so... Let's see. If I want to try to get away, like flee... You're um, not grabbed. We just narratively said you guys were struggling yeah. on the ground, but that struggle could have gotten to its feet. Flee would be like um, a dex. Oh. Right? Oh, Sorry, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, No, flee, you can just run. Just get out of there. Like you did against that serpent. And I don't need to roll anything. That's the thing about Cthulhu. Sometimes running away is the best thing you can do. And I don't need to roll anything because we're not actually grappled. It right, was if you're like grappled, flavor. totally different story. So you okay. could just like... I run away. You break, <laughs> yes, yes, you break yes, away and you hope that your friends can save the day. However, now you've exposed your friends to this creature. And this creature goes to bite one of your friends. And I'd like you to roll a d6. Oh, shit. On a 1-2, it's Vaughn. On a 3-4, it's Carter. On a 5-6, it's Feyruz. I mm. personally am going to need a sanity roll after this. <laughs> I feel that. I will I feel say that. that's not fair. 1-2 <laughs> Vaughn, 3-4 Carter, 5-6 Feyruz. I rolled a 6. It goes to But bite. she's up on top of the thingy. She's I am on away. top of the thingy. She is on top of the thingy. So that would have been one, two, three, Vaughn, four, five, six, Carter. Oh, So it fuck. comes after Carter. <laughs> uh, I, forgot, I forgot about the thingy. Uh, so Nowadays, fine. everybody want to talk. Carter, you can fight back or you can dodge. I think my fight back is better. That's a brawl, right? Okay. High risk, high reward. Yeah. Let's roll, my friend. Millie we Adams. tried to help you, just for the record. Regular uh, success. I got a hard. 
29 under 77. Oh, my God. So you fight back and you do damage. All right, so what do you, it's just like a punch? Uh, dude, I thought that was a fail from you. So, so um, yeah, so she, well, I mean, what, she tries to take a bite out of me? Yeah. And then there's, like, this, you know, like, we're kind of by the closed hatch. There's, like, a winch thing, right? Like, an arm that comes up and over the the, the hatch. Yeah, that's where Feyre is. I'm that's finally I'm... moving the pawns around yeah, here. Yeah, so Vaughn just sort of, I mean, Carter just kind of moves away while she goes, like, and things snap, and I just take her head and go, and like smash it against the the arm. <laughs> right, okay. I like it. Uh, all right, give me damage. Uh, melee damage plus your damage bonus. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, okay. Uh, my DB. Be a D4 plus your DB. A D4 plus my DB. My DB is a D4 as well. So two D4s. Right. Yep. Four. Okay, so you just boom, and you just see like a piece of her head fall off, and like just gray matter leaking oh, out the yeah. side. She's in rough shape, uh, and now it goes to Feyruz. Feyruz, you are perched above all Jump of this. Jump on! Her. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to take my gun out that I had in my pocket mm-hmm. and aim at her from the the high up, uh, high up thingy, officially what it's called now, mm-hmm. uh, yep. and I'm going to shoot at her from there. So from atop the high up thingy, yeah. you at draw your gun and aim. She does not dodge. She does not die for cover because she's a fucking zombie. Fire away. All right. Got to roll under a 67. And I rolled a 21. Nice. Alert. Boom! Give me the damage. All right, let me see what this damage is. It's a 1d6. Oh, I got three. I could fire three times. Pop, pop, pop at a penalty for each. Yep. Okay, so the first one uh, is six points of damage. Okay, but roll the penalty just to make sure you hit. Like, uh, like you have to take but a that's penalty for the first die. one. That's for the first one, right? No, but he's saying that to hit is the penalty. Right, if you want to unload your cartridge, you have to roll a penalty die for Okay, so what I rolled was a 21. I got to roll that at what what again? Just roll the 20 part again, and it's a something one. Okay. I rolled lower. I rolled a 12. (laughs) All right, so that's a D6 worth of damage. All right. Um, So the second one. Yeah. Ooh. That one does not make it. Okay. Uh, the third and the one. the last one with a penny. Die. Okay, that one makes it, but let's re-roll that for the penalty. Oh, and I rolled a two. But the third, uh, the higher one is the 32, so I, I still get to roll damage on that one. All right, so that's going to be 2d6 worth of damage. Okay, so that second one is a three, so that is a total of nine points of damage to the head. Feyruz just went up there with fucking Herculean strength, cuts through this corded rope, ba-boom! The thing falls over the burning Chakota, and then you aim at Millie Adams and fucking blow her head off. Oh, my God. Hell yeah! Vaughn and Carter are still struggling, but seconds later, Vaughn, you come to, and you... You just see a room of carnage. You feel like you're back on the battlefields of World War One. You just see my hands to head, like, sink down. And just like, no, no, no. 
Also, maybe like I'm against the wall too, just like holding my stomach, just like, oh God, like I'm sitting down oh, yeah. now that I can relax. Also, before we get into the real, the good shit, does, uh, does Nora have to roll any more like fire damage on that thing that we that got cooking? Just, that thing's just burning. And it's it's underneath the earn. thing now. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine it's just cooking. All right. um, but Vaughn, yeah, you're, you're taken from this like beautiful dance. Into a uh, battlefield. <laughs> What's his name? Your uh, Oberon's beautiful face just dissolves into me, like with my mask, like half blood and guts everywhere on the floor. I was like, no, 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 no. But, 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 <sighs> Are you got? You okay? You back? And I'm just like scooting away from you, like what? No, what did he? What did he do to me? Where? Where is he? And I see him like splattered up against the wall, like, oh, oh, my God! Yeah, my God, did you do it? Are you? Are you all right? Jesus, do you have control of of your mind again? I feel as though I've done something terrible once more. Well, he almost killed K- Tillinghast. Dear God, dear God, and I and I'll stand up and just like take you by the arms, and it's and it's way too much like it just was when I was pulling you around. I'm just like, I'm, Tillinghast, you must find it in your heart to forgive me. I'm not. You don't know. He he did did something to me. I he reached into my mind. I know, baby. It's all right. I I, I believe you. We've seen enough shit. <sighs> I got oh you. God. I got you. And then Carter is like, "You're good." And like, oh moves, God, my moves head and I'm, to the I'm like, side I'm and bleeding. goes straight to Margot. Yeah. And I grab Margot's face in both of my hands, and I'm just like, "Are you okay?" No, I'm not. I'm very hurt. I'm very wounded. I <laughs> just keep mushing your face like your lips. <laughs> Stop <laughs> mushing my face. I'm sorry, but you're okay? I mean, you're, you, are you alive? You're okay? I mean, I'm alive right now, but I need to go to get... I need medical attention. She's, like, holding her side. Oh, like, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, no. Yes. Right. Uh, get her to the hospital, and some, some bloody thing struck me upside the head. Oh, I'm sorry about that, my friend. I was trying to get keep you from uh, throwing Miss Tillinghouse into that pit. Oh, fair call. Uh, thank you. Thanks for that. Um, oh, what a lovely scepter. I'm keeping does, this. Does, uh, Troy, does it make sense to do a first aid on Margot here? Is she in a spot where she's, that's I required? I mean, she's, as long as there's no other further attacks, um, she's not going to bleed out. Okay. Uh, but she's in rough shape. Let's um, go. She's, she's taken a major wound, and she's just, like, holding her side, and you just look around, and there's carnage, but you all hear, like, a... <laughs> like a, a, a really rapid uh, sound of breathing and you uh, as you start to quiet and take in the scene um, that's when it really comes to and you look over in the direction of Makanga Madari who was blown away by Margot at point blank range, point blank range with two shots from her shotgun. I mean, he's got a, a hole in his chest. You can almost see through him. But somehow he is still, like, clinging to life. And he's just like... 
and he he like lifts his head up and he's talking and he's like he's Get like out of here. speaking to someone he goes Get out. he screams and then dies and the only sound left in the room is that of a ticking clock and as Makunga Madari screams Nyarlathotep praying to him perhaps just as Augustus Larkin did when he prayed to the father of maggots to save him or was that the uh, Karasiri he prayed as well we go into the alcove and go all the way down on the back wall where we just see that chronometer. Blackout. And that is the end of season one. Oh my God. Of Time for Chaos. This story has just begun. Before we end the episode, though, I just want to get a sense of everyone's life after this, like a a, a very, like, broad strokes picture of, like, after this moment. And I'll start. Like, we just see, like, these series of scenes, and one is, uh, like, lights come up on Sing Sing Prison, and we see... Uh, a car waiting outside of a long road that leads to the gates of Sing Sing. And the door opens up, and it's Rebecca Schosenberg. And she's standing there, and we see the tiny little door of the prison gatehouse open. And uh, a policeman walks out. And then Hilton Adams walks out with a small little box of his belongings in his hands. And he looks back at the police officer who just shuts the door like he was never there. And then it's just this wide shot where you see Rebecca Schosenberg standing at her car and this long row with Hilton Adams. And he walks about 10 feet and sees her and just crumbles to his knees and starts wailing and crying and screaming to the sky. And we black out from there. What happens to Margot after all of this? She's hurt. Where does she go? Oh, God. She's hurt. I mean, she goes to the hospital and tries to get better, but I feel like she hasn't had a lot of sanity loss, but a recurring theme is that people are always watching. Mm. Um, and I feel like it's like starting to like manifest in like a little bit of paranoia. Even if it's not a true kind of like psychotic break and she has that type of uh, trait or anything. Um, I also feel like there may have been some sort of initiation ceremony with the order. Perhaps now they have done what they needed to do. 
she paid some dues in blood. Um, she's shown that she's willing to do what needs to be done uh, to get things done. So perhaps there's like a scene where she's just like in this dark room, like vague columns around, lots of people with just like anonymous hoods and she's going through some sort of initiation with that moving up the rank and maybe Uh, at the end of this ceremony we cut back to a flashback of you after this battle after this guy yelled in the Arlothotep of you guys looking through the alcove and finding that cage mask that you never put on that you never took a photograph of yourself for and you staring at it. And then we go back to the initiation ceremony where you open a bag and present this mask to the order. And just a bunch of people in robes and masks like nod at what you've done. Not very approvingly, I would hope. <laughs> um, I think she stays in America. Um, I'm not sure if she stays with any one. I kind of want to let them play out their thing first, but I do think that as part of her epilogue and something that I meant to do during play, but didn't play out, um, I feel like she still has the gold mask and it still pulls to her. And after all that she's been through, I feel like maybe the epilogue like for her blacks out at her putting it to her face oh one last one last look no she's never put it on oh she's never put it on that's right she's really stared at it so like we just see her now she's uh, be, become initiated she has that mask <sighs> blackout and we cut to Carter Tillinghast I mean so so I guess part of this, I don't really know what everyone else is doing. Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to. It's free play, man. I know. I'm not what trying to get it? this information from you, Troy, but it's just yeah. like, are we going our separate ways or not? That's like, that's like a big thing, I guess. It feels like you're not. It feels right. like there is time. You're, you're going to need time to recover. I mean, Vaughn is sitting at, like, mechanically, very low sanity. Like, to even go on with this mission is going to require, like, taking some time. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, if you are to follow in Jackson Elias's wishes, which you don't have to, um, you've just begun. Okay. All right. So so here's... So, if it so, also helps, like, I thought, like, if we stayed together, maybe we get an apartment in New York together, if that's a thing that you fun. To do. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. Multicam sitcom. <laughs> yeah, okay, so so this is what I'll say. So, uh, uh, so Carter is, is, they're back in their whatever hotel room. They're not Waldo for story room. It's kind of like packing his stuff. So we don't really know where everyone else is in this right. moment. It's kind of packing his stuff up and, um, and comes across like a bundle of letters. Right. And, you know, they all say to like, dear Myrtle or whatever. They're like his old letters back and forth when he was conning this woman. And we flashback to Carter in Myrtle's uh, estate house. 
um, reading, finishing reading the letter that came from Jackson. Oh, um, the telegram. The telegram. Yeah. yeah. That's like, come to New York, stop, you know, Carlisle. Have, in, have information concerning Carlisle expedition, stop. Yeah. Need reliable investigators. So we're back in stop. that moment when Carl, when, uh, when uh, Carter first read that. He sees it and like, he got super excited and he was like pumped to see his friends again and pumped to like, he'd spent all these years like wanting to do good and, and now is the chance to like, get back at it. So he had yelled up like, Myrtle, I'm going to need a, a train ticket, first class, or whatever. <laughs> and then, which is what I think we saw back when that happened. But now the scene stays, go, like, it keeps going. And he's like, Myrtle, maybe? And he walks up the stairs, and he goes into the master bedroom, and Myrtle is in bed, and she's dead. And Carter sits there, and he's looking at her, and this was everything that he wanted. This was like the whole con was his finally. It took way longer than he wanted to. And he got a horse hoof in his face. <laughs> but it's finally happened. And he's staring at her. And he just walks up to her. And he like gives her a kiss on the forehead. And then he packs the personal shit that he had before they ever met. And he puts it in a bag and he leaves and he never looks back he never tries to get the inheritance he knows that he's in deep with the mob the whole reason he was trying to make this money and he leaves and then goes to New York gets involved in all of this shit and, and maybe the last thing we see him do is he's packing up the duffel bag and maybe he's like looking out to the other rooms where he thinks everybody is and uh, he walks up to Margo and he just goes tell me about this order and then that's <laughs> that's it uh, Feroz you survived what's your life like after this moment um after we do this little silent, sad montage of us getting our apartment together. <laughs> Just haggling <Dang>. with landlords. <laughs> hey, $30 a month, are you out of your mind? You know, there's a sad, like, putting a picture frame <laughs> of Jackson Elias on a fireplace mantle. But we, uh, we see that um, we cut to this, like, Feru's looking out the window of a train, taking a train back to Miskatonic. Oh, I like that. And she has, uh, and then next we see her in the library in this very dark corner. And this is like hours and hours, like the sun goes up and down of her, like pouring over these books that, that they've collected over time. And then we cut to another scene of her packing little things. She's not, like, moving out. She still has a space at Miskatonic um, to call her own. Um, but she's packing little things, and she does see this, like, picture frame. And it's, like, a two-sided fold-up one. Um, and it's of her mom and dad on one, like a, like an old wedding photo. And the other one is of 
her mom holding Feyruz as a baby. Mm. And she kind of folds that, puts it in her bag. And she's like, has this feeling in the pit of her stomach that something is still not right. And she thinks about the order that was there watching her and her dad being there that night. And finally she goes to see her dad. And it's kind of like a, I'll see you when I see you. And she takes from her bag the scepter that she found. And she says to her father, whatever it is that you and the order are, t- are doing and are not telling me, never forget that you need me. You need me. And she's like gesturing with this scepter. You need me. And I imagine in that moment, you feel power over your father, like a queen, like the queen that you felt you were when you first grasped the scepter and you feel like confident. But then we turn to your father's perspective and he looks at you who has been, I imagine, poring over these books that you found in Carlisle's safe. Of all the people here, you're the one that's been delving into these. It started with Africa's Dark Sex that you found in the basement of Juju House, but now you've been dealing with these other books. And as you continue to read these books, you feel power, but you feel like drawn into something. So you think you're this elegant, confident, I'll tell you, but it turns to look from your father's perspective and you've got like bags under your eyes and your skin is sallow and your eyes are as wide as Madari's. And so you see fear in your father's eyes and he's just nodding. Okay. And then we cut to Vaughn Villiers who has defied all odds and survived the prologue in the first chapter of this adventure and is now down to a gentleman's, what, seven sanity? (laughs) I mean, getting there. uh, Eleven? A baker's dozen? Fourteen. Fourteen. Lucky fourteen. Respectable fourteen. So, what's your life like here? I think Margot comes out of an anesthetic haze in a New York hospital and just hears murmuring and sees hunched in the chair next to her, unaware of her consciousness. Von Villiers, like, with pushing beads through his palm, just like, loving father, touch her now with your healing hands. I believe that your will for me, for her is to be well in body, soul, and mind. Cover her with your most precious blood. Your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. He's just repeating this this prayer of healing. And then we cut out of that, and then we cut to the the purple ascot of Bradley Gray. <laughs> Dinner on Monday night. <laughs> and, and, and who is like laughing and telling a story, and uh, as as Vaughn is just kind of like swirling a drink in one hand and looking through him with like a thousand yard stare. 
And um, it's just like, mm, yes, yes, old boy. Tra- charming story. And you see the maybe the two of them walking and entering an apartment, the door shutting, it going dark. And then you see Vaughn in a confession booth. And you don't see what he's saying, but as it moves through and you see the priest just recoiling in horror <laughs> as like this litany of things is coming out of his mouth. Um, and then finally, um, just uh, in a paying some money at the door of a speakeasy, all, all alone, probably having having fronted money for a lease in a you know, for an apartment in New York, um, and uh, walking up to a band leader and like slipping a coin to them, and then uh, and just again like sitting thousand yard stare smoking. Someone comes over and like waves them away. And the band picks up, and Vaughn just walks out into the floor and holds no one and just begins to dance like, Me and my shadow <laughs> walking down the avenue. Me and my shadow all alone and oh so blue. Just dancing to everyone around as though he's dancing with a ghost. And we cut to black ladies and gentlemen thank you for sticking with us for one of the longest eps uh, I've done uh, in a long time and I mean I could go for another five fucking hours right now this felt like it flew by oh my god that was so wonderful thank you uh, Kate, Rob, Ross, Nora Joe behind the scenes is like, I want to go to bed, I imagine. <laughs> Michael, who's fucking sharp all day long, all season long. Uh, thank you, uh, the people who have fallen in love with Time for Chaos. We are just beginning, and we will see you next year for season two. Where do we go next? Where do we go next? <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.